Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Hey guys, Bobby Rose Beef here. It's Tuesday morning and it's time for another episode of Jigs and Bigs. We got a good one for you. Uh, this last week has been a lot. <laughs> it has been a lot. There's been a lot of feedback coming in from people about that last episode. Uh, checking in with uh, my own mental health and also commenting that apparently you guys really enjoyed my interview with Ellie, uh, which is pretty awesome. That uh, that episode has been taken off for listens, uh, as have the last handful. Like, have really, really gone out there. We've broken some records as far as listens for or individual episodes. Very, 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 very cool. Uh, I've had an interesting week. I had the opportunity this week. Uh, I did get out and do a little bit of fishing. Didn't catch any crazy fish or anything at all. Nothing like that. But uh, definitely enjoyed my time out uh, on the water when I was able to get out. Did also have the amazing opportunity to get over to a tournament in uh, Millbury with, uh, that was put on by Old Glory Outdoors. And had a great time experiencing the weigh-in and, and just mingling with some people. And, you know, just it was it was a whole lot of fun. And I know Sean had some antics as well, uh, something he's been gearing up for all year, really. Uh, looking forward to uh, an annual excursion, if you will. Sean, how are you doing today, buddy? How are things? I'm good, man. Uh, we had a good weekend. We had a lot of fun out on the camping trip. And uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing be- you know much better mental health-wise. It seems, you know, hey, right now. Go out there, fish, learn learn the craft, and and maybe one day you can revisit tournament fishing. But we're all we're, there was a lot of concern from from some listeners I talked to. Hey, is Bobby all right? Yeah, he's fine. I just don't think competitive fishing is for him right now. So we're and and that's we're, exactly we're moving it. forward. I've I've gotten a lot of feedback from from other from listeners as well saying you know you know I wish you know I wish you guys would have talked about this beforehand. This would have come in so handy, you know, to uh, to to kind of discuss this. At all. This is exactly how I feel about about competitive angling. So uh, on either end of it, like wherever people seem to register, it definitely seemed to strike a chord uh, with a lot of people. So I appreciate people uh, checking in on me and making sure that things are are are, are, are okay. You know, uh, I'm a bit of a train wreck. It, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> so- we all are. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was good. I've definitely, I will say, I've definitely climbed back up on the horse. I've gotten out a couple of times. Specifically, I've been on the uh, the dark horse. 
uh, as uh, I've been really diving into this new box of baits from Dark Horse Tackle. Um, we have partnered with them to sort of, you know, experiment a little bit and check out some new, uh, we'll call it craft tackle. And some of this stuff is absolutely dynamite. Uh, do you want me to go through the the stuff that was included in the box? Yeah, because we didn't have a chance to meet yeah. up this past week, and, and I, I didn't get to see what was in the box, and I want to lay claim to some stuff. So here's Ooh, what I've mine. Ooh, that's mine. Ooh, that's mine. I, I have everything tied on and have tried uh, a bunch of stuff. I'm going to tell you, so I won't necessarily be able to show it to you, Sean, because we do this. When we record this, We can it's a video call. We can see each other. But so far, one of the items that I think is absolutely amazing that has come through is by a company called Poor Boys Baits, and they're, they're really simple. They're just uh, a tube. Um, uh, but like this color is amazing. It's a, it's a four inch tube and it's, they call it their candy crawl, but it's got, I'm going to hold it up right up here. Like there is some purple flake in here going on and it's like a green some pumpkin green. base yep. with a little bit of like an emerald flake in there as well. This looks absolutely amazing under the water. And I put this, I've tied this on my, on my jig rod actually. And what's great about it is I've been, I have on there, I have an eight speed reel and I've been able to pop it and sort of hop it and swim it a little bit. And it's, I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely killer. The reason why it's one of my favorite things is that I've received tubes in boxes before, and oftentimes they don't come with the right terminal tackle for the tube. And this company, Blue Rock Custom Tackle, sent over these 5-aught 3 um, jig heads right here, these EWG-style tube rigs, and they're dynamite. I rigged them uh, like traditional with the exposed hook, sort of almost like a glorified Ned rig uh, in, in a way, a little bit longer, like with an exposed hook. But then you just spin it around and rig it so that it's weedless. And I've been, I was putting this through uh, leaves and submerged leaves on the bottom, weeds, no problem, dragging it up over uh, timber and rocks. I mean, really, really fantastic. And I think in this pack, there's one on my jig rod now. There's four left, so there was five in this pack. And uh, that that comes in really, really helpful. So these these tubes, I really like. In fact, I posted uh, on the Jigs and Bigs Instagram story one of these, and and I had somebody reach out to me saying, "What is the name of that that tube, and what's that color?" And I was able to get them the information after I digged all dug all that up and 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 put all that stuff out there. Now this box is an empty box right now, but I had a conversation with. Um, well, I had a conversation with uh, with Jay from Dark Horse about this. This is a jerk bait, and it's a it's a, a three treble hook jerk bait from Black Sheep Bait Company. Uh, Black Sheep has this cool logo with like a ram on there. And uh, what it is, it's a it's a one ten jerk bait. Um, it's the color that that I received is what they call DHT Circus, and I thought of you, Sean, because it's Cloud. got yeah. That's that's kind of what I thought of. So it's it's got a little bit of chartreuse yellow at the very very end, uh, and the rest of the body is primarily white and and a red to a pink transition in between. But the one thing I will say about oh, the, first off, the hooks on this are dynamite. Um, they have a very uh, angular type of bend in them. Um, they're 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 a little bit more like square bottom the way they they they. Uh, they they curve around. Um, they're 
they they're super sticky. Like these hooks are super super sticky. It's got some heft to it, this jerk bait, but uh, it suspends like no other jerk bait I have ever used. I've used a handful Rapala jerk baits. I've used I've used the Guggen jerk baits. I have never had, and I actually have a Yuzuri, a new one. Uh, it's a floating jerk bait. That's my ev- my first ever experience with that. Uh, I'm I'm generally looking for a suspending jerk bait so you can just kind of pause it right there. This <clears> delivers a hundred. Now you're you're big into jerk baits, aren't you, Sean? Um, yeah, but mo- I mean, honestly, mostly floating. To be really? quite honest, I, I I actually use floating jerk baits in so in, so, in certain conditions. Yep. It's not like I go out there every day with a floating with jerk a floater. Bait yeah, um, there's certain conditions I'll use them in that I'll actually use them the way on the surface, the way most people would use a Ned rig like finesse on the bottom. Gotcha. But it's only certain conditions, and really? there's there's certain times I won't touch them. Yep. Yep. No, that, that makes sense. I, I oftentimes lean to a jerkbait for times where you think jerkbait fishing would work. So colder water, uh, when you're dealing with just super finicky fish and you have to slow the presentation down, a jerkbait will still let you cover water, but it, it'll you can do so at a, at a slower pace. And yep. this this thing will, I mean, it, it's, a, it's almost like taking a picture with it sitting in the water. It just sits right there, and it moves so, so slowly. You could barely even detect it. And then you just pop it again, and it's just, it's a, it's a fantastic action. Has a really good body design. It's not just like a general, like, oblong kind of shape. It, it's got some real definition to it. Like, it's got some lines and some, some curves in there that look intentional. This is a good-looking bait. So, yeah, Black Sheep, uh, Black Sheep Bait Company definitely delivered right there. We have... Have this now. You're a Ned guy. Um, there is this, and I can show you one. I have one rigged up. I have the black one rigged up, but I can show you. I'm going to show you this orange one because I think it'll show up a little bit better. Um, this little toad right here is like a a Ned for. Uh, it's a small like three inch frog. It's got these nice. It's almost got a little joint here in the legs, and they flap. Are those, are, are those like paddle legs, like They're, paddle tail yes, legs? Yes, exactly, yeah, okay. exactly that. Like the feet are like pa- little little paddle legs right there, and even the even the arms that it has like a curly like, like a curly tail worm. And when you swim this in the in the water, it's uh, I mean it's all over the place, super erratic. And they include uh, a Ned head in there, a mushroom head, and it was I want to say it was like a one-sixth ounce. It's super, super light. So I, I rigged this up. I, In fact, I, I, I rigged it up um, Texas rig because the keeper on this hook is up pretty high. So I was able to rig it so it was pretty much weedless. And I've had a blast throwing that around. No strikes on that, but I will tell you the one that I've just has been crushing it uh, is from the company is, let me make sure I'm getting this right, SK Elite Lures. And this is a buzz bait, a quarter ounce buzz bait in purple mamba. Now, this is a smaller profile buzz bait. Um, it's uh, it's tied up. It's tied up on my. Uh, oh, it's tied up. Yeah, I'm looking it's at tied up. On like, let me see it. I can't see it. Well, there's a reason for that. It's, You're yeah, me the it's, it's out of my rod. <laughs> Uh, so I was throwing this around and, uh, you know, just the, with this one bait that they've got here, I don't typically throw, I'm usually throwing three eighths ounce for most of my buzz baits. I might, I might have a quarter from like a, a, a tackle box that I had, I had bought at a, at a tag sale or something one time. Like I never had considered throwing the lighter buzz baits 
And this thing is unbelievable. The color's amazing. It's it's got a mix of purple and black, uh, like purple. Some some you know straight purple strands. Some have black uh, speckles on them. Um, it's just it's absolutely killer. And the first cast I had with that, I had a nice strike right on it. Just missed it. So I you know I I've been trying to throw that as much as possible. It was almost like textbook perfect. Like I it was sun was just going down. I was fishing this one spot where it was really difficult, and I I took a, a long cast along the edge of a dam and was working that buzzbait as as slowly as I possibly could without you know keep without with keeping it submerged and as it was running around the edge of the edge of the dam I had a big swell right up on it where he just missed it I did throw uh, a trailer hook on there um to, to try it out and I've I've still been messing with it here and there but man I'm telling you it is like so I, I think this box retails for about 25 bucks and um, I definitely feel like these baits are worthwhile. Like you don't, you, you got, there are what, four different presentations. There were five different things in the box, but everything included all the stuff to use it the right way, you know? Cool. And it was, it was definitely worthwhile. I I'm, I'm really, really impressed with how, how good all of this turned out. I've got some, you know, stickers for like each company. I've got a blue rock custom tackle sticker, things like that. I mean, very, very cool stuff. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. And like dark horse tackle. Thank you very much. You guys are amazing. I've had a blast playing with this and uh, Sean, you, you and I will, will trade off some stuff and you let me know what you're into and, and we'll, we'll make it happen and i'll we'll, i, I kind of like i kind of like to check out that buzz bait you got uh, my history on buzz baits is kind of funky because yep i learned i learned to use them in the mid to late 90s and my particular favorite model was the uh the striking tri-wing buzz have you ever seen those i think even walmart sells them yeah i've seen it's those a, yeah it's got a huge three-bladed yeah um buzz buzzer whatever the hell you want to call it, buzz blade yep and um the, the the downfall with any buzz bait, of course, is weeds and especially yeah. slime. If you get slime, that sucks. So over time, I think I stopped using those maybe 15 years ago, and I moved on to um, – I had maybe about a 10-year period where all I threw was Zoom horny toads because they're a weedless buzz bait. I, first time you and I fished, you you brought yeah. those up. You were like, yeah, here's how you rig them. You got to yep. make sure it's rigged perfectly. You yep. perform to spin right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. And then the, uh, the tough part with those is uh, – pickerel and pike like them just as much as bass they so you, definitely you are you need a separate source of income just to to throw <laughs> zoom horny toads because yep. you go through so many of them and what i've really kind of latched onto now when when a buzz bait presentation um can be effective is i got a hold of the uh god i forget it's, it's the teckle sprinker frog oh Maybe yeah yeah the sprinker frog yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a i've got a couple of those yeah very nice yeah. and honestly those those are almost in between uh um, they're almost like a hybrid between a hollow body frog and a, and a whopper plopper. Yes. The way those, yeah, the way those go. So I've actually used that before, and it was uh, that's what I was throwing when I had uh, I took this long cast with it, and I had braid snap for the first time. It was one of those sprinkler frogs, but they're great because you have like a it's it's a it's a great situation because you can you can throw something like that you know right on top of weeds and it it'll do just fine because it's got the hook set up like a hollow body frog, but the way the legs operate, it's got that action like a whopper plopper or a buzz bait where it's going to churn up water right there at the surface. It's very very cool. Yeah, we'll get yep. together and we'll 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 hash out this whole box and and make it make it work. I think. 
I think this is a good fall box to to fool around with and 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 play with. I will say this: like I have um, the quality of the tackle that comes up in here is ridiculous, like unbelievably high quality stuff. That buzz bait was just killer, absolutely killer. I'd love to try. I'd, I'd love to throw a, a toad at the end of that and see at, with a bulkier presentation how that works out. I, I may I may play around with that. I only have white ones, so I might just say screw it and give it a go, but. We'll see. I have a I have a particular trailer I like using for buzz baits. I'm not going to announce what it is, but I have a bunch yep. of them in the basement that I've kind of gotten away from over the years as I stopped using buzz baits. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. What color is that buzz bait? You said it was like black and purple. Yeah, it's black and purple. Okay, I got something for you. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, it's, but and next time next time you get one of those boxes in, I would like to examine whatever jerk bait or crankbait comes in there because you know me and my crankbait. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we should have one coming in next month. You know, we're gonna go ahead and get through this. The one well, the one thing that I thought of that was just really like just awful timing for this is the fact that we're we're coming up toward the end of season right now. But what should be very interesting is once we you know have open water, we'll have a plethora of stuff to be able to go ahead and get get out there. But I mean, I, I will be fishing out into December as long as there's open water. So that's not something I plan on worrying about. And I know same thing for you. Yeah, that means you're you're taking a ride with me out to Cape Cod at least once because I think I have a new um, place that's going to stay open pretty much throughout the year or just get minimal skim ice. So yep. I, I'm pretty excited. But we can talk about that when we get into how the weekend went because I went there. <laughs> well, as a little transition point into the weekend, I should mention, I saw a friend of the show, uh, Jay Manning, who had, uh, he's he's the, uh, I, I would say he's, he's the... Um, the Good Samaritan that sold me his kayak. <laughs> I put all this together. Oh. Uh, but he was entered in the tournament for, for Old Glory over the weekend, and we got to talking, and he brought up our conversation about cold weather gear. And he said, you know, he goes, I didn't submit this, he goes, because it's expensive as hell. But he was talking about uh, a set of waders that are like a neoprene uh, waiter that Sims puts out. And he's like, not that, you know, you'll get water in there, but at a much slower rate than you will with other stuff. So while, you know, it's like you're able to wear that and, you know, and 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 work out. But he's like, the price point on that is just insane. He's like, so there's a solution out there if you're willing to spend the money. You know, he's like, you can get look at look at all these companies that are out there. They've, they've got something for you. But he's like, this is one thing that I've tried and it does work unbelievably well. <laughs> and some of these guys who were out there were bundled up like crazy because it was chilly this weekend. Yeah, we, you know, well, if we're going to transition right into the weekend here. Let's I mean, do it. So Friday, you know, I went out to the Cape. I do a camping trip usually once or twice. So this year it was once because of the uh, the, nas- the uh, national, the state park shutdown yep. in the spring with the lockdown. <clears throat> so we go out there and we camp and fish and party and do, you know, fi- I, I do a lot more fishing than anyone else, but usually one or two guys will come with me. Yeah. And Friday night, I figured it was going to be the, the big you know, the big night for fishing because that was a massive, nasty cold front that moved yeah, across was. Massachusetts and the new and New England on Friday night. And that really, I mean, it murdered the fishing and, it, you know, you're going to talk about it in a minute, what happened with the tournament that you had, um, you know, had a jigs and bigs table set up at yep. and, um, staying with us was a fellow, uh, Macbee tournament fisherman, uh, Nate Shagnon, who's also in the chronic trips. Nate kind of went full on and said, Oh, I want to try this, this, um, uh, multi-species stuff uh at the last time he and i talked at the maspinock tournament in what was that august september i have no idea whenever it was and um it turns out that uh because of my camping trip i did not 
I did not try to get into the the MACB tournament this past weekend. It was being held at the Billington Sea in Plymouth. And even though I was right there, I'm like, you know, I'm out with my buddies. I could yeah. be going out for two little two, little two or three hour jaunts or whatever isn't a big deal because I still come back and I cook for everybody. So yep. um, I wasn't going away for, you know, 10 hours with the ride. But um, Nate did, and he actually, uh, he and I have been, you know, BSing on, on, on Instagram back and forth over the past month or so. And uh, it turns out that he actually had to work on the Cape and he's, I guess, lives in the Worcester area. And he was have he was thinking that Friday night he was going to have to drive home to Worcester and then drive back out to Plymouth the next day. And I said, look, I said, we, we've got, you know, an extra space on the campsite. If you got bring a tent, you'll be fine. Just hang out with us. Go do your thing. Yep. You got a place to, to, to plant the tent. So the kind of the kind of the running joke was um, all weekend was like, hey, you know, Sean, you got any more strangers that we don't know just ready to camp with us? I said, yeah, next next uh, next year, we'll go down to the bus station. Just grab a couple homeless folks. They can come party with us. I said, it'll be great. And uh, no, but Nate, Nate, uh, <laughs> Sean, the fisherman <laughs> and his legion of transients. Nice job. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got a good couple of drifters lined up to, to go fishing with. But um, no, Nate had a good time. You know, he's a he's a great guy and he just kind of fit right in with all the shenanigans that went on, on at camping. Um, yep. Friday night, he and I got out real quick. We hit one of my favorite lakes that is not not a huge pickerel lake, but I've got a few out of there. And um, I was gunning for pickerel, and he was looking for bass. Uh, and actually, he was looking for a number of species because he's in the the Chronic Trips tournament. And the first thing, you know, when we got to the campsite, he asked me. He said, "Hey, so you're uh, you're friends with Nelson, right? You know, Nelson is <laughs> yeah. as we, as we're going to cover, you know." doing some serious damage on the competitor side of things. I said, yes, Nelson's one of my best friends. I've known him since elementary school. And he goes, you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> so he said, you tell him I said that he's killing me. I say, you know, he was laughing about it. He wasn't really upset. And then I actually had Nelson on the phone at one point. And uh, he was near, he, he relayed the message himself, which Nelson laughed at. It was pretty, we were all having a good time. But um, yeah, we got out on Friday night. We didn't do much. I think I got like a 16 inch bass and that was it. He caught a couple smaller one. Yep. I think I had a couple pickerel throw the hook. And the next day he went out to Plymouth for that Billington T Billington C tournament. And I, you know, cooked breakfast for everybody. And then um, <clears throat> I took one of my buddies went out. Uh, usually that Saturday morning we devote to catching a few largemouth, you know, in the 12 to 14 inch range um, for my infamous campfire largemouth bass pizzas. So we we nailed four of them. Um, bit of tragedy when I got off the water at that point. We'd left this small pond and I, I distinctly remember taking off my inflatable PFD and hanging it up yeah. on my ladder rack. I did not remove it from the ladder rack before I started driving. So whoever on Cape Cod... Uh, inherited my PFD this weekend. Congratulations, because I have no idea where it went. So that thing's gone. Went back, made the best pizzas, and then um, I went out on my own, actually, uh, after communicating with Nate via text to let him know where I was going to be. He's like, no, no, this this tournament robbed me of my will to fish today. I guess they had, you know, the same conditions you were reporting out there in um, at Lake Singletary with uh, giant swells, Cold front sitting on top of everybody. Oh, yeah. Horrible, horrible bite. It was just miserable. So uh, he fished the tournament out and finished top 10, which is great. But he just said, yeah, I'm, I'll meet you at the campground. So I actually, from that point, went to my my Pickerel Apocalypse Lake. And the only the only thing that I got, um, I got, I got a small Pickerel and a small bass. I did have a massive Pickerel follow me to the boat. And this is where it got gross. I was using a chatterbait. And as I was going to pull the chatterbait out of the water, I saw the pickerel come up, face me, and then turn sideways. And when oh. he turned, he, 
he he threw up everything that was in his stomach and it was all like the water literally got clouded bigger than like like a beach ball of just hacked up baby herring he just puked up a thousand dead baby herring i'm like oh my god so this was a big pickerel it was well over 20 inches it just turned i said well okay so this bite is not really doing well here and i said i'm gonna i'm gonna make a move over to one of my smaller ponds that that hopefully is a little wind sheltered and i did and that's one i think is going to be open for most of the year based on where it's at and um I got over there and then uh, within, I don't know, five casts, I had a 21 inch pickerel and another pickerel and then no bass. So I made two laps around the place. It was right as it got dark and I went back and cooked everybody food, which I have to give my buddy Dan props. Dan got there as I was leaving to go fishing. I did not know that he bought a spit roast to put over campfires. Oh, okay. Nice. Dan brought a roast beef and it might've been the, the best roast beef I've ever had. Really? Like it was so good. Yeah. He actually, he actually told me that he made everything from scratch for the rub because of my, you know, food issues. And he's like, no, I took care of you. That was the best roast beef I've ever had in my life. He cooked it over a fire hand, you know, from scratch. Hand rub. Turned it was, it. <laughs> oh my God. It was phenomenal. So the other two things of note on the weekend, or well, we'll get in, well, I'll say one thing of note because I don't want to get in the other one <laughs> to protect the innocent. Um, on Friday night, we were sitting around the campfire, and it was dark. It was probably about 8, 9 o'clock at night. And all yeah. of a sudden, there was just screaming from one of the trees. It was an animal, like screaming. It's just just growling. And we're like, what the hell is that? And we went over there. At one of the taller trees right between the two campsites we had, there were eight raccoons up there. All right? Seven of them were apparently family, and one of them was not. Oh. And the one that was not was was trapped out on one of the – the longer branches and this this wasn't a small raccoon this thing was probably 15 pounds it was bigger than my dog really it was huge oh yeah my you know my my beagle i have a yeah. beagle in a lab he was bigger than he was bigger than the beagle no shit and every now and again one of the one of the uh group of raccoons would go out on that limb and take a few swipes at him and they would scream at each other and one would go back down and then another one would go out there and went on for an easy an hour they were just screaming really? at each other. oh my god yeah. i've never seen raccoons do that I can imagine so was, in your uh, situation uh, at that time of night, I'm sure this was amusing as hell. Yeah, we had a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good laugh. We're like, what is going on here? So we had the headlamps on, just staring at him for, you know, whatever, 10, 15 minutes, you know. And uh, we went back to the campfire and tried to ignore them, but they were just screaming. It was I've never seen raccoons behave like that, yeah. so I don't know what was going on. But, um, yeah, that was Friday, and then uh, – you know, we fish Saturday, fish Friday, just that's what happened. So what what happened on your end of the weekend? So on my end of the weekend, this was really nice to do. I'm I'm an event guy. That's my background. I I like this kind of stuff. This is this this worked really well. It was really nice to be able to go and check all this stuff out. So uh before I, I dive into any of the details, huge shout out to Delirious Angler. Delirious happened to catch uh, a post that I had uh, out on uh, Instagram that day. And he was like, you know what? Screw it. I fished today. It was, you know, blah kind of day, whatever. I'm going to take a ride up to Mass and hang out with Bobby. So I pull into uh, the launch uh, over at over at Singletary Pond and who pulls in right behind me, but Delirious. I was like, oh, get the hell out of here. That's awesome. So first thing, we uh, I got there about noon and the, the weigh-in wasn't until about 3.15. 
So I had plenty of time to set things up and was waiting on uh, Andrew from uh, Hookset Hoodlums to roll in and uh, set up his booth. So I, I got my gear together. I, I brought a table with me. I brought uh, a small PA system and, and you know, so I could, uh, you know, at least have an assist with uh, the microphone for, for Joe and, and all that. Put some music on, things like that. So I just brought everything over there, but I brought all my rods and my my tackle backpack as well. Brought everything over there. We fished a bit over at the side. There were some other, other anglers that were hanging out at the launch fishing right from the bank with us and you know got to meet some of them handed out some stickers and told some folks about the show which is always very very cool but then as uh so we're at the launch and there's this dock that comes off on one side and and delirious was actually fishing from that dock i was over on the riprap fishing over there with with the tube actually and i'm over there and things are kind of going you know the way that they're going and I, I i say to say to d i go hey i think that's joe actually right out there and we saw his boat coming in and then i noticed he was towing another boat behind him Ooh. and i'm like uh-oh and it was like one of those like crawdad style boats you know like the two person like uh, like a mini pontoon style uh you put two people on it to fish or whatnot and and the um so they had uh, they had no like minimum setup for size of boat per se in the in the tournament rules. All the only thing that they had in there was that you needed to have a live well. They had a live well, so they were able to enter. Well, the the water was so bad out there that they had capsized, and uh, it was it was not good. And oh, what was what was strange is that so Joe's bringing them in, uh, Joe, and I think it was was it Jay and and Ryan from Lunker Lads. I think it was Jay from Boghog. And and Ryan from Lunker Lads were nearby. I think it was them. It might have all, it might have been Jake's team, uh, uh, but one of those those groups was over at, like within earshot. Kind of heard what was going on, and then had made their way over to lend out a helping hand. So these guys came up and they were soaked, but they were not pissed. <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting. They were in very, very good spirits, all things considered. And uh, it was, it was, it was really like, it was, it was tough. Um, Joe was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I don't have spot lock on my trolling motor. He's like the whole time I was there, I'm, you know, riding this, uh, you know, the, the, the tr- basically battling the wind with my foot on the, on the trolling motor the whole time. He's like, it is, it is crazy out there. It was raining when they had launched. And it was actually driving rain. I didn't realize that it had rained that 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 much. So it was interesting to see, but the water was still really clear. The bite was minimal. And Singletary, from what I understand or what I've heard, produces some pretty good smallmouth. And nobody turned a smallie in. Hmm. There was only one. Uh, what was it? There was yeah, only one team put in a full limit. Uh, and the lunker was two point three pounds, and it was a tie. So they split the Lunker Prize. It was uh, it was an interesting, interesting day, but it was a whole lot of fun. We got to you know I got to meet a bunch of folks. There were a bunch of teams that did get skunked that actually left up uh, a little bit early. So between and a couple of them had actually canceled once they saw the rain that morning. They were just like we're out. So I think there were ten boats altogether that had launched, one that capsized and left, and then five remained that had fish to turn in. So it was it was a. Uh, it was grueling, I would say. Absolutely, I had a, I had a lovely afternoon from the bank, which was nice. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't like like these guys were were out there and they were they were hitting it. There was there was one guy who came back and he was uh, fishing a drop shot and he got hooked up and just like straightened the hook right out, like just wow, yeah. I mean, you know, there was. Uh, Definitely a lot of stories about water coming up over the over the side. Like the ba- lots of the backs of the boats were just absolutely soaked because the wind and the and the swells just 
it, it's bananas out there. It, it brought me back to when we fished over in Sturbridge when I was on Andy's boat. Like, you know, Andy Andy doesn't use spot lock, so we're all oh. over the place, all over the place. It's just like that. Yep. It, it's a challenge, man. It really, really is. So it, unbelievable. But um, I uh, just on that same morning when I went out to that small pond to grab some some fish for food. Um, my buddy Brian, who you know went to, has known Nelson and I as long. Actually, he's, he and I have known each other longer than you know we even knew Nelson because our Brian and I's parents went to high school together. Yep. So there's pictures from oh, the late seventies, okay. late seventies, early eighties when we were babies of you know our parents being cute, and there's me and Brian sitting on the couch at one year old or six months holding Moosehead beer bottles, you know, because yeah. that's what they did. Oh, of Moosehead course. Had, Moosehead had that nice run in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I took Brian out. He said he wanted to fish. So I brought my extra boat for him. And he's, he's, Brian is a, actually a diver and he does do some spear fishing to my understanding. And oh, he wow. does lobster catching and he, um, he's more of a saltwater guy. So when, whenever he gets out, I try to, I try to act like a guide. Yeah. I want I want to make sure that he's getting on some fish. So we got to this small pond and this one small pond that I, I, I love this place to death. It's one of those ones that, that <clears throat> opens first and, and freezes last out on yep. the Cape. <clears throat> and uh, these fish are, are particular suckers for one lure. There's one shape of a lure that they just love. So it's a, it's, it can be used as a trailer on a bass jig. So I'll always either tr- I'll try hooking it weedless, which is what I did for Brian's setup. And then I'll try with a bass jig on mine. And my first two casts, I got two 14 inch bass. I'm like, okay. So I, I, what I did was I called Brian over. Now remember that, that wind was what, like 30 miles an hour. It was nuts. It was ripping. Right? Yeah. So, so he doesn't have a ton of kayak experience and he's battling the wind and I, I hand him my jig rod and I say, you're going to learn to bait cast today because I'm going to work on something else. I know they're biting this. Yep. So I, I handed him my seven foot fat, uh, my seven foot heavy with the same jig. I just caught two fish on and, um, I went around the corner and I ended up actually uh, talking to my wife a little bit on the phone. We had an issue at home and, and then I came back out and caught one more bass on a different color jig. And Brian came up to me always on the phone and said, Hey, I just got a 15 inch. I'm like, boom, let's get the hell out of here. And we, we left and went home and cooked the fish. But, um, that was nice to see him, you know, get on a fish. I hate if, yeah. if my buddies are going to drive out and go to Cape Cod and we're all gonna have a good time camping. If you're going to come fishing, I don't want to see a skunk. So yeah, he, exactly. he did really well. And he got, he got that fish on a jig and I said, Hey man, they're, they're all hitting it on the fall. You don't even have to jig it. I said, honestly, if you want to let it get to the bottom and let the line go slack, and just reel it back in, the, your chances are just as good as if you're going to start if jigging it all over it. the bottom. Yep. Yeah, they, they were sitting right on weed lines and whacking that. But that that was the only bass bite that I found all weekend was at that one pond, and they were still active because everything else was dead. I mean, to the point of when I went to my uh, my lake where I norm- normally host my monthly pickerel apocalypse, which did not happen yet in October. Yeah. Um, I was it's shallow and clear in parts of that lake, and I was actually seeing something that I don't think I've ever seen before where – you know how like little nibbler bass seem to be less affected by pressure and they're always out screwing around with bluegills of the same size. You'll run across, you run across a school of bluegills and there's bass tucked in with them yep. and they're all like eight, nine inches. I was finding eight, nine inch bass just sitting on the bottom looking like trying to attenuate the pressure change. I, I never see that. Really? They I wonder were just if it was just like perfect timing on your end. It was right as the front came through and the everything went bluebird sky and they were just sitting there on the bottom. You never, ever see that. It wasn't the water temperature because Cape Cod's still, still five to 10 there. degrees. What yeah, was your water temps still, out there? I'm just curious. Uh, low sixties, low sixties. Yeah. See where, where, where we were on Saturday we're was 58. 50s. Yeah. 58. Yeah. yeah we're, and I've seen it. Um, I mean, <laughs> hell the Berkshire, the Berkshires are, are getting to the low fifties now. Yeah. Last time I was out there and I'm sure the rain and everything else got it. Maybe even high forties. I'll find out this, maybe this week or next week. 
I would like to take one more pike jaunt up there. But yeah, it was uh, it was weird to see fish like that. I mean, you never see those little guys affected by the pressure, and they they were stopped dead in their tracks. They were just sitting there. So oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you just. You know, you pay attention. You see stuff like yep. that, and you know that oh, when yeah. a cold front comes know, in, it, it wrecks the fishing. It it, it definitely definitely ca- carries an effect. Absolutely. One thing I do want to mention about Saturday, Meg from Old Glory Outdoors. Meg mm-hmm. is uh, so she caught. If you if you look at the Old Glory Outdoors, you go see you see a picture of her holding this awesome rainbow. She caught this great rainbow. I guess they were catching them on cranks out there. But <laughs> not only did she catch this beauty, right? But she, yeah, I saw her. she also joined the uh, Trouble Hook in the Hand Club that day. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's looking at that picture can see the nice big blood splatter yep, on her blood left, left hand. Yeah, yep. so and, I said, ooh, that, that sucks. And, and <laughs> that turd. She was a champ because not only did she get a, a trouble in the hand, but the the uh, front trouble was in the fish still. <laughs> so as that, that fish is squirming around, that shit, yeah, it, exactly. To quote the jerky boys, that shit hurt. <laughs> uh, she she took it like a champ though. Uh, shockingly, never got past the barb. Was able to remove it without any kind of uh, injury. And, and Joe was telling me he's like, you know, he's got everything locked down to a system on a boat. And he goes, as soon as she's like, I got a hook in my hand. He's like, where the hell are my pliers? I don't even know where to look. Like he's just like, ah, geez, like everything just went to shit out there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was I, I would say this weekend was a good time. Like tough fishing overall. Like for everybody, but it yep. was, I, I would definitely say it was a good time. What do you say we, we, we jump into this uh, tournament information here, the Chronic Trips? Oh, thing. boy. Actually, before we do that, Sean, I want to mention, now, Shoot. you included uh, a post on the on the uh, jigsandbigs.com blog about the tournament standings and everything else. So if, if, if anybody's ever listening to this and it doesn't make sense for one reason or another, go check out the blog because that information will be there. You'll be able to check it out. And also, uh, the fishing report is up there. But you did a bang-up job on this last fishing report. Like, a job well done, for real. Those Thank are, you. Oh. I, I actually, I actually thought I kind of, I, you and I talked about. It. I actually yeah. thought I kind of shortcutted it because you know, with with the weather getting colder, the weather's been kind of awful over the past. You know, it's been up and down. I'm not gonna say awful. It's been up and down. Yep. And um, honestly, some of the um, some of my correspondents for, for for the fishing report, I mean, like Brett um, Nelson, I can't say because he's just been he just decided to to you know, go for blood on this tournament in his, yeah. own, in his own words. But um, those guys are gearing up for hunting. Like I, I think Nelson, if you guys are in the competitor category, Nelson's going to love hearing this when he, when he listens to this, but uh, I think Nelson's hunting Saturday. So you guys have a, a day to catch up. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh, yeah, you um, get a little bit of a rest. Yeah. I, I think that's based on weather too, but yeah, he, he's, he's, he's giving you guys a day. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the only thing I really wanted to cover, well, two things. Um, with the photographs, and I, again, I always reach out to people if I see something going on, and I'm pretty lenient. I think everyone knows if I've reached out to you, I, you know, there's been something going on with a picture or whatever. And I, I, I think I've been fair about how I've been judging them, and I'm not really cutting people up or saying, "Hey, the mouth's yep. open, you're losing an inch" or any crap like that. But try to get those mouths closed, especially on bass. There's no reason not to. If your bass has a screwed up lip that will physically not allow. It's a close. The, the lip to be yeah. close. Take a picture of the lip and send it. Just put it in the fish donkey thing. That thing can hold like what? Like 20 photos we've tried. It's it's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, the other thing that um Seth wanted me to pass along, everybody who's listening that's in the tournament, if you have not had a chance to yet, go into your profile on Fish Donkey and put in a t-shirt size. That is all I'm gonna say about that. 
You can infer what you want. Make sure your t-shirt sizes are in. I'll give it a couple of days. And once the podcast airs, and if I don't see it by Friday, then I'll start emailing personally with, with, with uh, all caps and no punctuation and the angriest tone I can muster. Perfect. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I can jump right into it, man. Go for um, it. So <clears throat> we had a, uh, we had a couple of records broken this week, which is good for our, our little chronic trip records. Um, for uh for trout now you would say right off the bat hey trout what what did mark do no on the competitor side teddy forge it off the bank of what looked to be wachusett sorry teddy if i'm burning your spot but everybody goes there <laughs> yeah teddy, teddy got a 23 and a quarter inch lake trout which was magnificent yeah great job teddy um that is that is fantastic um and I think it topped Mark had a brown trout that was 23 from June or August. And that's what that beat. So he barely beat it, but dude, he nice beat it. Fitch. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, from nice the job, bank, Teddy. That like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other record that got broken was um Brock Jenkins beat his own uh Pollock record. So he got a 28 incher. I think the last one was in the low 20s, 23, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but he, he did break that. So there's two right there. A couple of prizes are going out. Um Aside from that, the only other note, I mean, Nelson's kind of in control of the competitors. And um, on the can athlete sponsor side, myself and Brock are both on the verge of 200. I actually might blow off some schoolwork this afternoon to go <laughs> see if I can get that. I, I mean, at this point, I'm going to, my upgrades are kind of limited. I don't think, uh, unless I start, unless I hit, unless pickerel apocalypse happens, I mean, it's going to be tough for me. I think Brock's more than likely going to hit it because he's fishing the ocean quite a yep. bit. Um, but uh, standing wise, can athletes has spread out just a little bit. I know last week, uh, Mark and I were tied, I think at 24 points a piece and Brock was kind of lurking around in the high teens. Does that sound right to you? Skulking around the high teens. Yeah, that sounds Skulking right. Around. Well, now we have a little bit of space, um, because I did manage to put in a good pick roll. So I am, uh, I am in first, um, currently with 28 points. Mark's right behind me with 23 and Brock is right behind him with 18. So we have a nice equal five point spacing between first, second and third. Not bad. Um, on the competitor side, this is why <laughs> this is why uh, Nate Shagnon had some words some some words for Nelson because Nelson has broken thirty points. He's up at thirty three. Holy Jesus! So, Sunday morning, as we were um, as we were enjoying our campfire breakfast, Nate's donkey went off. Now, for those of you guys that are in the tournament, only the donkey only goes off if for if someone in your division catches a fish that takes the lead yep so or submits a fish that, that takes the lead um so i don't hear being in the can athlete division i don't hear the competitors you know i feel like i feel like uh <laughs> i feel like christopher walking i need more donkey you know this <laughs> i need more donkey um but i don't hear that so nate was right near me and the donkey went off and he just looked at me and goes you know it's nelson <laughs> so it was Nelson put a striper on the board and he goes, damn it. <laughs> so Nelson has been killing it with, with a multitude of saltwater species and then put that together with the freshwater species he already had. And he's got 33. Teddy is hanging tight uh, as close as he can get, I guess with 21. So he's Nelson's got a double digit lead, but Teddy's out there, yeah, you know, doing everything he can to, to make it competitive. And then we had a, um, we had a change in third place. I think last week, um, 
I think last week Nate was in third, and he's been replaced by uh, Eric Graves. So nice job, Eric. You had a hell of a weekend. He put in a he put in a twenty three inch pickerel. So that's Eric, a good pickerel. Nice yeah, job, Eric got, dude. Good Eric job. got a really nice pickerel. So um yeah, so this is coming down to the wire. We got to you know, we're definitely. Uh, I mean, we're it's what the nineteenth, so we got a week a week and a half left. Yep. Um, those of you guys that are in it, get out there and fish because even the even if you go out and you catch one big fish and you're not like in contention, you might take three points from Nelson and then yeah. Teddy slips up a spot. It's you can play spoiler in this. And that's why I, I, I wanted to make sure when we did the points and when I came up with the point system that you don't have to be in first place in every category to have an effect on this tournament. No, that, I might, mean, you if, might, if you are, that's, that's wonderful. But like the, the, the odds of that being the case, you you're much better off to just just be as diverse as possible with what you're catching. You yeah, know? yeah, and go out there and and if you're fishing, you know, set yourself a goal like we talked about last week. Set yep. yourself a goal. I want to catch one bluegill. I want to catch a crappie. I want to catch this. I want to catch that. Do whatever, but um, just keep in mind you're never out of it. You're never not a a factor because you could be taking points from one of the leaders, and that might be a second That's place exactly guy it. that slips up, and you yep. never know. Um, the only other thing I want to add on the tournament, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been seeing a ton of different fish. One of them, I even had, Nelson's got obviously the more saltwater experience than I did. So I actually had to send him a text with a picture last night of a, of a saltwater fish I couldn't identify. And he threw it my, he threw it back my way. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, but there's been a ton of different species of fish. Yeah. It has been a lot of fun judging all these things coming in and, and um, I'm having a blast. But um, the, uh, to just to round off what, what you started talking about, with the checking the standings, I put the standings up after each week period has completed. There's no point in me telling, um, saying right now, like, uh, you know, Teddy and, and Brock both have those two fish that broke records, yeah. right? That they, they're getting the, they're getting a prize each for a mystery prize as, as Seth calls them. Yep. They're getting a mystery prize each for breaking those records, but that does not mean that they have won the longest fish of the week for the competitors or for the can athletes because the week's not over. Goes till the 21st. Yeah. I could, I could go out there and legitimately catch a 30 inch pike and I've just bumped Brock. He's still getting his prize for breaking the Pollock record, Yep. but we haven't cemented those two, um, two prizes. So I, I wait till, you know, it's been the seventh, 14th, 21st, and then I'll usually publish something on the 8th, 15th, or 22nd saying, yep. hey, this is cemented now. Yeah, um, We're on to the next week. This is what last week's prizes look at, look like. And they, it's been being published uh, the day after or the day of my fishing report. So go to the site. It's in the blog entries. Um, and I'm putting in the current standings for the top three, whatever the longest fish was, current leaders on longest fish for the tournament, and... Uh, any prizes won this week and I'm, you know, a little bit of words of encouragement. That's all, that's all good, you know? So we're having some fun with it. And that's that. That's all I got about the tournament, man. It's been fun. It's still going to continue to be fun. And, and, you know, we'll talk more about it next week and see where we're at. Next week's going to be the next to last review. And then that's it all done. Then we're on. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, what up? What else you got before we wrap up the intro here? I, I don't think I have anything else that needs to go on, uh, go in here. I think we're 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 good. We're we're covered. We talked about Dark Horse. We talked about the weekend shenanigans. We talked about chronic trips. Uh, mentioned uh, Meg's hook in the hand. We mentioned. I think we covered most everything that we needed. 
Yeah, why don't we go ahead? We'll go ahead and get into it, guys. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, interview segment. And uh, this is this is now, I think, the fourth uh, submission for the the uh, Sean the Fisherman Dude Bud series. If you've been following along, we've learned a lot about the origins of the Dude Bud, uh, the fact that the Dude Bud can, in fact, fish, and a little bit about uh, where the Dude Bud came from and uh, how the Dude Bud was developed uh, <laughs> from his... his uh, what we'll say his early years, you know, his uh, humble upbringing, humble, humble <laughs> upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a chance that his father released him into the woods to fend for himself for at least a year there. I'm not going to put it past him. I, I would expect it at this point. He, uh, after he was, he, he, he started with saying, dude, bud, Hey dude, by trying to mimic, mimic the coyotes that raised him. That was his first words. Wasn't it? Dude, bud, uh, hey, obviously, but dude, dude, <laughs> fuck. Hey, <laughs> yes. Drops the bottle and he's like, dude, bud, hey, fuck, hey, dude, bud. <laughs> you know it. You were there. We were uh, all there. Yeah. We saw it. It's, 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 all, it's all, the, all in the way it plays out. Folks, uh, we're going to take a short, a short break. Uh, we've, got, we've got that coming up. It's also interview segment. And this week we have uh, FLW angler Charlie Soche joining us. And Charlie, uh, a little bit of a backstory. Charlie is, uh, is a friend of a former guest of ours, uh, Meg Long. And uh, Megan had kind of like connected the dots here. And she was like, you really need to have Charlie on. He's really, really great. And, and he's, he's a good dude. It's a great interview. Uh, really hoping for real big things from, from him. Uh, down the road as he kind of goes along that that FLW and and uh, big boat tournament angling road. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely check all that out. Stick around and stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Sean. Hey, everybody, it's Sean the Fisherman with another of my Dude Bud series of stories. So I just wanted to uh, to talk today real quick about how the, the Dude Bud has influenced not only me, but our circle of friends as far as outdoor activities and, and honestly, his stature among us. So for some time, you know, as we all got older, we moved away from Western Mass, went out and <laughs> sought our fortunes all over the country. The Dude Bud was was among us. He, he left for a while, too. And uh, at some point. Just the term dude bud among my circle of friends meant you were the best fisherman <laughs> or the best hunter, sometimes both. And he became legendary just by not being there. When he moved back as well, um, I do remember that one of my friends, uh, actually Nelson from my fishing report, had gone out um, night fishing and had caught, a, I believe, a six, uh, six and three quarters or seven pound largemouth. It might have been seven. Well, I was the, the photographer for that night. I had gone out with, uh, with him and I think one or two other people. And I had mentioned the conditions were right for, uh, for a big bass. And he hit it. We all caught fish, but Nelson got the big one. So we took the pictures. I had the pictures. That Christmas, unbeknownst to him, I bought a small frame. I put the picture of him with the seven-pounder in the small frame. And then because... You know, Nelson is of Portuguese descent. I used my Google, my handy dandy Google translator from English to Portuguese and translated dude bud into Portuguese, which forgive me if I if I butcher this, which I believe is uh, Jacusto Campanado, which is 
dude blood and Portuguese. I wrote that in a silver marker on the frame and, and uh, got it to his wife. So she, he had a little surprise under the Christmas tree uh, that year. And, and to my knowledge, he still keeps it up by his bedside, which is creepy, Nelson, to this day. I'm Sean the Fisherman. Dude Bud is an institution. And I'll be back next week with more. Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here. It is interview time, and uh, I've got a brand new guest in the uh, in the beef seat here. I've got Charlie Soche, and uh, Charlie is one of those guests that sort of kind of fell into the lap of the show through another guest, and I that's like the best thing possible. That's that's like what I strive for is when a guest kind of connects the dots and and gets me on another guest. So, Charlie, how you doing, man? How's things uh, out where you are? Good, man. Pretty good. I think we got another storm heading our way from the Gulf. So I we're saw trying that. to see how that's going to work out. Yeah. So keep my fingers crossed. Absolutely, that, man. Uh, that uh, cold snap kind of keeps it at bay, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's no joke. I mean, you talk about anybody who, who lives on the Gulf knows that, like, that's it's a part of life, man. But it's like, I'm telling Every you, year, it, it never, it, it, like, I'm sure like it gets old in the sense, but it's like, it's just one of those things where like, you know, it's gotta be a little yeah. bit of panic every once in a while when you, this time of year rolls around. It kind of is until Katrina hit. And once yeah. Katrina hit, we found out what the threshold was for how bad things could get. Definitely. And what you could actually ride through. So like when Katrina hit, uh, there was no damage. Like we ran and there was no damage to my folks house or anything. So we mm-hmm. ran like kind of for no reason. Like me and my mom hunkered down in a, a shelter and we had to go through all kinds of crazy stuff and we could have just stayed. We just had to put up with no power for like three weeks, but where we were yeah, like 10 minutes outside of new Orleans, it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, yeah. It really where is. We were like where we ran to was freaking terrible, dude. So oh, we should have really? just stayed. Yeah. yeah. That sucks, so, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it is no joke. I remember when all that went down. I was I I because I, I used to work in television, so like it was yeah. just constant updates of what was happening in the Gulf, and I'm like, dude, this is yeah. insanity. Like this is absolutely and, and it was that was 15 remember, years ago. Yeah, and if you remember, like when it hit, everybody was still evacuated, and then they had another little piss ass storm hit on yep. top of it. So it was just like, it was craziness. We didn't know what was going on with our family members or anything for like, probably like a month straight. It was just pandemonium. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, man. I can't even imagine. But hey, you know what? You made it. You know, we got another storm on the way, but we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to talk about some fishing. So uh, full disclosure here for those those, uh, listeners that haven't put two and two together. Uh, It was our guest, Megan Long, Largemouth Sass, that connected these dots over here she's the only other louisiana based guest that we've had on so in case anybody's wondering yeah she is the one who kind of connected these dots and and uh, megan speaks very highly of you charlie very very much so in fact (laughs) she's awesome dude i had uh our initial conversation was uh we had we had talked about the idea of having her hack this show and okay. she's like, I know exactly who I want to have on. It's going to be Charlie. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then and then I was like, you know, and, but she was a little like skittish about doing it. And I think there's a part of her that's uh, relieved that I'm, I'm I'm having you on the show. But who knows? We may do some kind of a roundtable thing and, and go do that's one of these cool, live dude. things. It, 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 you know, we're just kind of experimenting a little bit now, but I'm always looking to put panels of people together and just kind of talk fishing. So, oh, yeah. 
So, Charlie, I'm going to go ahead and, and get into some of this here, and you just we're basically just going to have a great conversation about uh, something that we both love. Although, from from what I also gather is you and I both have a love for uh, punk and hardcore music, right? Yes. Okay, very cool. Yes. Very nice. I was listening to All Out War uh, while I was fishing today. Uh, okay. Yeah, catching a, a nine-inch monster, which put me in second in my <laughs> tournament. So, you know, hey. I'll take it. it I, I'm placing for like a day. That's the way it yeah. works. I haven't got to that point yet of listening to music while I'm fishing. Usually it's like pre-tournament stuff yep. and then like post-tournament stuff. But like, I mean, probably not while I'm fishing a tournament because I got to keep track of time and all kinds of shit. But like, oh, yeah. while like practice fishing, I haven't ever tried to listen to music really while doing that. Maybe I should. I, I kind of like it. I mean, I definitely, there's, there's actually, it's funny. The, the, so the, the primary reason why I started listening to music while I was fishing is because I work for myself. So even before I was doing any kind of tournaments or anything at all, I would be out fishing just to enjoy fishing and I'd get right. phone calls from clients or, you know, tech support things. And it just got to the point where I was like, I'm going to bring my headset with me and just take the calls while I'm there. And I figured right. since I have it, I might as well put some sweet jams on and, you know, right. go ahead and, and listen to some music. And I found that I kind of like it. And I also, part of my business is I'm a game show host. Uh, I host like nice. you know <laughs> trivia events and things like that, and every time I do a show, I have a small bed of of pre like selected music for the specific you know part in the game, and it just keeps yeah. me on time. So right. I, I try to like th- at least kind of in my mind think it does the same thing with fishing, but. It's up to the fish anyway, really. I'm going to have to try it out, man. I'm always scared that I'm going to be like listening to like some good shit and then like I'm going to miss a blow up from behind me or something, like a fish or schooling or something, yeah. you know? You could definitely, think about that. definitely, definitely miss something happening <laughs> right behind right you, by for you sure. school and be completely oblivious to yeah. it, you know? Oh, absolutely! Like that's the thing, and if you're if you're competing, may not necessarily be the the best kind of situation. But I was, man, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So let's go ahead. We'll get right into it, man. Uh, to start out, why don't you tell me about how you arrived to the part of because because you fish FLW, right? Yeah, I'm um, fishing the BFLs right now. I'm trying to break out of that mm-hmm. and hopefully go to. I think they just changed it. I think it's called the MLF Big Five now. But um, I'm okay. trying to break out of that and hit the maybe the Toyota series and then onward from there. Or uh, depending on how what this big five thing turns into or something, I may, if finance is allowed, dip over to the BASS side of things and fish the Elite Opens Holy for crap, next year man. if I can't. So it's going to be dependent upon money, really. Yeah. You know? oh, oh, yeah. But I got to do something. I'm going to be in one of them, you know. So right now, um, I'm looking at fishing the Bama division. Mm-hmm. For the BFLs for the 2021 series um, season, and uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be definitely tournament fishing for this year. So that's awesome, man. Sure. Nice, that's cool. That's very very yeah. cool. So tell me the story about how it was that you you discovered fishing and and how you kind of like that that passion for fishing came to be. Like who introduced you to it, and how did you kind of get get to it, and then kind of walk us along the road to the point now where like I mean now you're talking about you know. Going to the elites, like I mean, this is like you know, yeah, in, like, in that direction, that's a big deal. I, that's like my goal, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I, I'm totally devoted to it. So, anyways, like my old man got me fishing, you know, when I was just barely old enough to like walk around and stuff. And uh, uh, his buddy David used to bring us in his old boat because at the time, me and my old man, we didn't have a boat at the time. So, 
kudos to David for bringing, you know, a little kid out on the boat. You know, I don't know a lot of people that would do that nowadays. You know, they figure it'd be more of a pain in the ass than anything. But, I, dude, I just, I got obsessed with it. And I've been obsessed with it for years. And uh, I wound up getting into a job where it was getting kind of hard to to dip away and to go fishing as much as I wanted to. Yep. And uh, the, obsession, the obsession and the, the, the flame in my gut just kept going and going and going. And finally, I hit this point where... I was like, I got to do something. I need to go get me a boat. I need to go, you know, because for a while I was kayak fishing for a long time. Yeah. And what I started doing was I started bringing a scale on me to total up my five best bass yep. every trip just for shits and giggles. And when I started getting to the point where I was catching like 11, 12, 13 pounds, I was like, it's pretty cool. So, and that was in spots where, you know, like a two pounder is a good fish, Yeah. you know? So, and Megan can tell you like around Lafitte and stuff, you'd be rolling down a set of docks and I mean, it's, you could either, you know, catch a one pound bass or a five pound redfish. So it's like the bass fishing is kind of hit and miss because yep. it's all brackish water. So I started going with my buddy, uh, Daniel a while back, it was years ago. And, uh, we got into bat more bass fishing. We started out inshore stuff, but lately throughout the years, we started getting more and more into bass fishing, which I love to do. Yep. And uh, finally, one day, we were going to a little place called Bayou Signet. It's like maybe a half an hour from here. And we were just going fun fishing. Well, when we went, there was a divisional tournament for all of the, the local clubs around here. So I got to shooting a shit with somebody who was telling me about how to join and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the little local deal is kind of a dead end, if you think about it. You know, like you could be like, a hometown hero but it doesn't lead to anything else the yeah. only thing that's going to lead to anything else is going to be you breaking out of that yeah you know what i mean yep so anyways we launched out that morning with all the other tournament guys and me and daniel went to go pre-fish you know i mean not pre-fish just fun fish yeah and uh i had my scale with me so we caught a bunch of fish and I, mine came out to like my best five was like right at 12 pounds so we get back to the launch and everybody's coming in and then the same dude I was talking to was asking me, because I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, I'm going to see what my best five are. I'll let you know if I see you later. I wind up seeing him later. And he yep. was like, how'd you do? I was like, I caught uh, about, you know, like 11 and some change, like touching 12. He's like, really? He's like, where'd you go? And I told him where I went and stuff. He's like, dude, if you're in a club, you would have won today. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, dude, the winning weight was like 10 and some change. And I was like, that is what really made me like start thinking like, yeah. all right, I need to get me a boat and really try to like see what the pin potential is in this, you know? Yep. So I wound up, uh, I bit the bullet and I bought a boat. Um, I bought a 2020 Falcon F one nine five, which if you're in the market for a boat is a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal bass boat. And compared to the market, it was really well priced for what it is. And yep. it's got, you know, all the same stuff as any other Ranger, Skeeter, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever your other favorite boats are. So I bought that. And then as soon as I bought that, like that was it, dude, I went, got a FLW membership and just started doing these BFLs and I haven't looked back. It's it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me other than, you know, my girlfriend and stuff. Yeah, and, absolutely. That That's so. huge, man. And I think I, Great. I, I, I have to at least make the assumption that a lot of tournament especially like the big boat tournament anglers like there's there's that moment where they're out maybe just you know bullshitting about whatever kind of day that they had and then somebody who's in one of these leagues in one of these clubs will say to them 
you know, that that's that's a great day. You might want to consider. And it, it's almost right. like at that point, things kind of line up and you start to realize, like, you're like, wow, I, I but, this this makes me a contender, you know? Right. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So and that's I think what I think we all, like, at some point or another, kind of look for that validation as the, all right, yeah, now now's a good time to go ahead and do it. That's huge. Man. Right. That, that's and amazing. not only that, but, like, I feel like a lot of people wait, like if they're trying to buy a boat or if they're trying to start tournament fishing or do this or do that. Yep. Oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Yet. Well, dude, you're never, you're never going to be ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Like, you just have to make yourself ready and as best as you can and then go for it. You know, it's, you know? it's into, there's, there's something else that, uh, everybody, uh, that, that I know of, um, that is in this club says that you're not ready for. Um, you just have like it just you just do it, you know. Like you're, that just lights the fire even more. You know? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. But that me, that thing know? is parenting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like you're never. There's never a time where you're just like, yeah, this is a great time to have children. Like no, you just never. you know, and it's that's that's exa- like I, so. I mean, the totally different worlds, you know. But yeah, also right. like at the same time for for a, a, a lot of tournament anglers, like there's a massive level of commitment there. And I, I think it was who was I talking to about this? It might have been Debo. And we were talking about how, yeah, it was Debo in the interview. It's actually going to air the the week that we're recording this tomorrow. It'll it'll run. Okay. And we were talking about about uh, MLF and and um like the, just just buy ins and things like that. And and I asked right. him like what his goal was five years from now. And he was like, you know, I used to think I wanted to do like tournament fishing and stuff. He's like, man, that takes like such a insane level of dedication and like sacrifice. It, yeah. it really does. So it's I mean it's 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 crazy, man. But, you know, at the same time, like, you're living your dream, and that that's killer, yeah. dude. That is that's killer. No, yeah. That's really awesome. Let's get into the, the ins and outs of, like, your preferences when you fish. So you, okay. fi- you fish um, what you, you fish primarily in uh, brackish water in, in Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. It's mostly all brackish. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be lucky to find a good patch of, like, pure salt water unless you go off course like offshore or something but yeah. uh yeah it's 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 mostly all brackish you know mm-hmm. yeah so what is your favorite season to fish probably right now for yeah spe- uh, for uh, for around here yeah it's right now because yeah. this is when the trout start moving into the marshes and of course you can just you can go out and catch a limited redfish pretty much year round up in the marsh but yeah. right now the nice trout are starting to move back in from the surf because they move out during the summertime and right now they're moving back in so they they spawn good, uh, when they're back in that's is that what? Yeah, they, yeah, very they nice. Pretty much, and it, it, it lines up with the, the the seasonal, like the what the shrimp are doing. So when the shrimp are like oh. super tiny, and come out the marsh, they pretty much cross paths, and it's just like it's, it's just nuts feeding frenzy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's a good time to be but, out there. Then absolutely, if oh, they're yeah. fattening up for sure. Is there any kind yeah. of like a specific weather condition or or weather pattern where you're just going to call it? You're going to say, I'm not, I'm not going out. It used to be, uh, I used to be really skittish of wind, like yep. it was super duper duper windy or, uh, but lately it's just kind of like, no, I'm going to go out and I'll find a place to duck out the wind or, yeah. you know, the wind can be actually your, I mean, some of the best days I've ever had trout fishing and bass fishing has been when it's blowing like 20 miles an hour. Cause what mm-hmm. it does is instead of the fish being scattered, it puts them on something. It puts yeah. them up against a certain bank or in a cove or a creek channel or something, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah, and they get a little so, bit predictable like that. You know they're going to yeah, be up, no, right up kinda, tight on You can kind of call your shots, you know? Yep. That's so, that's pretty cool. I could definitely get thing, that. 
Yeah, the only thing that I'm uh, that I don't mess with is lightning. If it's lightning, um, no, yeah, yeah, I'll, you don't want to mess around with that. that. Yeah, no. that that can be but. bad news, absolutely. So, what types of bodies of water are you primarily? Would you say are like your favorite ones? Are you looking for larger, larger lakes? Are you looking for more small ponds? Are you looking for current? Are you are you you know sticking mainly to river systems? I like big lakes. I used to be mm -hmm. a really hardcore pond hopper. And uh, kayaker dude, you know, they got some ponds Definitely. out uh, about 30 minutes from here that are kind of ducked off in the woods. And uh, when I was still like, there was a few tactics that I had to learn that I knew that I was not confident in one being fishing jigs. Another one was punching. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, there's a few others, but I went, basically I used my kayak to pretty much cut my teeth on that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I used to love smaller bodies of water, but now I love like Toledo Bend and like, you know, Sam Rayburn and stuff like these gigantic bodies of water. I, oh, yeah. I love it. Cause you, you're going to go out and you're going to find different crap every day. You know, it's going to be something new every day. That's exactly so, it. Like you might I not like, the like big bodies of water. Yeah, it does. It definitely gives you options. Like, and it's, it's, you know, I, I fish from a kayak and it's challenging. You, you look at a, a body of water, like, like you said, like Rayburn, that's, that's huge. You know, you're going to be yeah. there. If you're limited to a small boat, you could spend years breaking that down. Oh you know? yeah. 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 Just work a season every single year and then, yeah. you know, keep, keep shaking it up. So it's, it's like, I think that definitely comes into play once you start talking big boats. Yeah, absolutely. What's your, uh, I'm curious what your number one confidence bait is and why? Man, you know, I was, I, I knew you were going to ask this, yeah. and I really don't have like a one go to confidence. But I mean, I know everybody's got like a weightless Senko, yeah, or uh, you know, like a shaky head or something like that, or what, a Ned what, rig or something. But I really, I don't really have a number one. What about like your top three or top five? Like, where, where are you most comfortable throwing? I love throwing crankbaits, yeah, you know that. Uh, I love throwing, uh, I love throwing Texas rigs, um, kind of just your old like standbys and then maybe like throw a top water in there, like a buzz bait or yep. a, a pop bar or something, you know, but, uh, probably a Texas rig out of yeah. those three. Now you could always put a Texas rig in you scrape up a few fish, you know, super versatile, super versatile. Yeah, Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You can Texas rig pretty much anything and, and yeah. you get a lot of versatility with that. Uh, let's talk about, I, I love this question. I've used this a bunch and it's been pretty popular. There's a saying in the fishing community that fishing tackle catches more fishermen than it'll actually catch fish. In your opinion, for the, you know, the entire time you've been fishing, what do you think the most ridiculous tackle trend is that's out there? And the follow-up question is, have you used it? Most ridiculous was way back in the day. I yep. don't know if you remember. Roller Martin came out with the helicopter lure. Yeah, we just talked about that. Uh, actually, a number of times people have brought that up. It's the craziest looking thing I've ever seen. It. I am trying to find another box of those because when those came out, mm -hmm. me and my pops caught a lot of fish on them. Really? If you can believe it. Yeah. No kidding. We bought the little ass scene on TV from like uh, I think it was like Academy or Walmart or mm -hmm. something. We had this, the, the the kit, and uh, dude, I think there was a pink one. Uh, there was like a metal flake one. I think there might've been like a bone white. Yep. Dude, we used to catch some nice fish on that thing, dude. As crazy as it looked, it's a weedless buzz bait. How can you not catch fish on it? You know? Yeah. That's, and, uh, yeah, I see them pop up on eBay every now and then, but I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but I really want to, cause I, I used to love the helicopter lure. I wonder if anybody that's makes that mold, you know? 
That's a good question. That would be all a good one to have. Mold. Yeah. yeah, that's it. If you if you have the mold, you can you can tweak it. Uh, what? Yeah. This is a good one. <laughs> Who are your uh, like the top three people that you want to fish with? Dead or alive? Either. Yep. Okay. Number one's gonna be my dad. He's still yep. around, you know. But I mean, I I want to go fishing with him soon. Yep. Uh, another one would probably be. Probably Seth Fighter. I like Seth a lot. Yeah. He's cool. Cool. All right. And probably the other one would be like uh like Kevin Van Dam or somebody, maybe Roland Martin. Yeah. One of the, the top goats, you know. Oh yeah. But def- yeah. That's definitely, definitely one Brad of those worthy. dudes. Yeah. Even just to be a fly on a wall in their in their boat, dude, just to learn some stuff, you know. I think cool. that's that's really what you want. Like it's I mean, it's yeah. the experience of being out there and and doing whatever, but also when you fish with people who have seen it all, the amount right. of information that you can just take away, just like experiencing everything all right there with them on the water, it's that's awesome. I think you, you yeah. can't go wrong with that. Um, so now we we kind of talked about music a little bit. What is it that you that you're listening to generally when you're either on your way to the water or while you're on the water? It changes. Uh, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Bowie, uh, yep. a lot of early Who, some Cream. Oh, man. I love um, Bad Brains. Yep. Um, Clash, some good early Clash. Yep. Uh, Can't go wrong. It always changes. I've been listening to the Growlers a lot. Have you heard of the Growlers? They're pretty cool. No, I haven't. Like a little bit more mellow. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're they're really cool. Like kind of like got some good groovy yep. like tunes to them and stuff. But lately, like pre-tournament stuff, I'm I'm trying to get like jacked up. Yeah, you know. So usually it's like Slayer, like <laughs> that'll kill do them it. All, Metallica, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Raining Blood, you know. Uh, kill them all. Uh, uh, really early Metallica, and uh, throw in a little bit of Green Day or something older Green Day. Oh in yeah, there, you know. So it always changes, though. You know how it is. I think you know at the at the end of the day, I think I think it has to. You got to keep like evolving with what you're listening to, and then also yeah, like you got to stay fresh. You know? Yeah, you know, it's like there's there's different kinds of moods. You know, like I've I've been a DJ for 26 years now, and oh, yeah. I've been I've been doing this a long time. So for me, it's always I'm always trying to like match the vibe of what we're doing. Some days I'm out fishing and I want to listen to something like Wilco. Other times I'm out fishing right. and, and then I want to listen. I, I want to listen to like George Strait. You know what I mean? It's right. like you never ever know. Um, sick yeah. of it all is always good for fishing. <laughs> Sick of it all is always good. It'll definitely get you jacked up. Yeah, sure. I mean, it yeah. definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely works. Something yeah. about Lou Collar screaming into yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, like yeah. it, yeah. it always works. Madball also <laughs> works as well. Works great. Right. Um. All those DMS guys. They're, they're it's it's all good stuff. But it's I do always find it's very interesting. I'm like, what is it people are listening to? I also listen to like podcasts and stuff while I'm out there. I've got my favorites. I do too. Like usually on my my road trips, these uh, these tournaments. I mean, like I'm. In in New Orleans, we don't have like I talk to dudes all the time. They're like, "Yeah, I live like twenty minutes from Gunnersville, or you know, like an hour from Rayburn." It's like, dude, you have no idea yeah. how good you have it, you know? Because like for a while, while I was working on my job, uh, the only times I got to fish were for my tournaments. Yep, and it was I'd go, you know, a month or two between fishing and. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm having to drive five, six, seven, eight hours away just to go find a reservoir to go fish, much less compete in, you know? What's that do to your confidence? Like when you've got, 
that long in between times where you can fish? Are you like, where's your head at there? Doesn't really get shaken up as bad as you think. Cause I mean, like while I'm home, I'm still playing with tackle. I'm still on, I'm That's on, on Bass University every day. I'm listening to podcasts every day. I'm watching Bassmaster Live yep. like every day, you know? So it keeps it, it, it keeps you mentally there. Yeah. But I mean, it's like practice is where it comes into play. It's like, okay, I got to, you know, retune all of my reels i gotta you know yep. make sure all my, my everything's just right it's mostly the equipment stuff and keeping up with it because every tournament i'm having to swap out line because i've been fishing with it at all for the last month that's true and you know i gotta go through my boxes every freaking time because now i got some flashers rust on in, in in this box i got you know my worms are all kinked up in this bag yep. you know it's because i haven't been touching the crap but uh yeah, I actually uh, I quit my job because of that. So now I'm, oh, um, yeah. I'm actually a charterman with my buddy Donnie nice. for uh, Tails Up Charters out of Venice, Louisiana. So if you know anybody that wants to go catch some tuna and some like mahi mahi, oh stuff hell yeah, Venice, hit me up, dude. We can get get you set up on some fishing. But uh, but since I I made the jump over to with him, he's been working with me a lot on you know when my tournaments are. And, He's given me a little bit more days to where I could take, you know, some more practice time That's and cool. everything. So hopefully that'll be loosening up a little bit. But as far as the confidence thing goes, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really affect it a whole lot. Because once I get back out there, it's just like, you know, it's it yeah. comes right back, you know. So that makes pretty sense. confident. No, that that, yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. Uh this is an interesting one, and I don't include it often in in the show i usually end up cutting it uh, but what is your most unusual talent and it can be fishing related or not oh man most unusual talent i could flick people off of my feet really put up my middle toe yeah no kidding that's like yeah. some significant <laughs> like control no, the only reason I remember that is because me and my girlfriend were just talking about that like the other day, like what we could do with our feet, like spreading your toes a certain way yeah, and yeah. stuff. I don't but uh, yeah, I could totally flick people off my foot. That's I don't crazy. know why I'll be able to do it unless I'm at like some asshole pisses me off at the pool or something. But Yeah, exactly. You know, That's kind of slick though. Yeah, my back pocket. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> man. Um, what is your goal in in fishing? Like say in the next like five to 10 years, where do you want to see yourself? Uh, in one of the big leagues, dude, whether it's, yep. uh, the FLW big five or the bass elites, uh, MLF, I don't know yet. It's going to be in one of those. Cause I'm, I'm like determined. I mean, I, I eat, breathe and sleep this shit. I mean, like yeah. it's obsessive, you know, it's, that's, that's my five year plan. And if I don't perfect it in five years then I'm going to do it in six and if not in six, then in 10, but I'm going to do I'm it. Gonna do it. Yep. You know? Yep. Set the goal. And if it takes you a little bit longer to get it right and then get in there, you know, that's, that's the yeah. way to do it. Absolutely. Now you ever seen, uh, you ever seen my cousin Vinny? Oh yeah. 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 How many times did it take? Three times? No. Four? No. <laughs> six times was a charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It, it, it's, that's it's a hundred percent true. I got plan A and you just got to perfect plan A until you yep. perfect plan A, you know? Well, and so. it, there was somebody recently I was talking to about 
that we, we were actually talking about like, you know, uh, social media and marketing and, and things like that and how, how important it is. Like with, like we were talking about the podcast and setting goals yeah. and having an idea right. of where goals are. And it's not so much that like, so the deadline comes for that goal and you didn't meet it. Okay, fine. Reevaluate, reset the goal. Cause it's not That's necessarily it. about, you know, oh, I planned for this and, and was executed in that time. If it happens, fantastic. But if not, it just means you have to adapt and then set another goal. The, ultimately, yeah. that's that's really what it gets down to. That's the thing with fishing, dude. Like, you're not going to only have one chance. Yeah. It's not the end of the world if you doesn't make it on the first shot. I just fished my first season, and uh, I was this close to making nationals, but I'm doing it again this season. So it's yeah. like it's you know you just keep on going, dude. You yeah. Know? You're you gonna need get to. there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. If you work at it, you're going to get there. That's so. exactly it. What uh, This next question, I feel like you kind of have an advantage of. So the question is this. Have you traveled anywhere to fish? Obviously, you've traveled to fish. But yeah. I want to change that up. I want to ask okay. you this. Have you traveled anywhere specifically just to fish for your own pleasure, not for anything competitive? Yeah, uh, me and my girlfriend went to, uh, we went to Rayburn once, it was once, yeah, it was one time for uh, just just a day of, of fun fishing. I wound up hooking my personal best and lost her at the boat, no. which sucked. I, I, turned, oh. I turned around, I was like, I was like, if you weren't here, I'd probably be crying right now. I was like, oh, yeah. it was it was a huge fish. And then we went to uh, the last hurricane that came down, uh, or should I say came up to us was uh it was at, uh, for you, for, for, there's so many of them, I forget the name of them, oh, but, yeah. uh, we, I hooked up the boat. We ran up to Gunnersville for, uh, about two days and it was, it was really nice, man. We didn't really catch a whole lot of fish cause it was, it was fishing pretty stingy, but, yep. uh, yeah, we just went to go fun fish and stuff and get away to evacuate for the hurricane. Yeah, exactly. So, get out of town and, you know, and enjoy a little fishing while you're out there. Yeah. Is, nice. is there like a destination or a dream trip somewhere around the world that you want to go and fish? Dude, like a bucket list type place. I'd probably say South America for like oh okay uh, bass fishing. Yep, that'd probably be one of them, and maybe like hmm. Mexico for like Lake El Salto or something. You know. Yep, that would probably be my my bucket list trips. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really awesome. I had someone uh, talk about New Zealand for trout fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that that uh, the um, golden dorado is that in. New Zealand, the Golden Dorado, or I don't know. The what 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 uh, what he had mentioned was this canal where basically it's just there's so much bait, and these trout just like gorge themselves, and they're really ridiculously sized. Yeah, I'll have to, have to I'll have to go back up. and look it up. But yeah, it was that's what it was. These trout they just feed up and feed up and feed up, and they just yeah. don't stop, and they're just absolute behemoths. So. Yeah, you I might mean, have to ask me that question again after I research uh, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, when you're out, you know, whether it's competing or fun fishing, like typically, what's your 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 general like uh, rod and reel arsenal look like? Like, what are you bringing out there with you for gear? Uh, lately, I've been doing the, the the what they call the cowboy division, so it's all Texas. So I got like three rigs. They're they're flipping setups, like extra heavy flipping seven and a half footers. But mm-hmm. I've been mostly using that for offshore, like. Carolina rigging and you know big Texas rigs, big shaky heads and yep. stuff like that. I got three or four of those. Um, a bunch of just regular seven to seven six medium heavies, just for everything from flipping to top water to um, you know uh, 
Uh, that's pretty much my, like my all-purpose rods. And yep. then I got like two or three setups that are strictly for deep cranking. You know, I got yeah. uh, like a 711 and uh, I got a 7, like an evergreen 7.4 or 7.6, like glass rod. With, oh, okay. Uh, really slow, like geared down loose reels on them for mm -hmm. uh, like DT20s and 6XDs and, uh, you know, some uh, deeper diamond normal. So that's some, some real deep cranking. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Like Twenty foot plus, you know. So, yeah, getting them down there, it's super fun, dude. Oh yeah, I got you know. There's awesome. a lot, of, a lot of the water I fish. You know, it's your your deepest spots. Most places that I go are are going to be maybe maybe fifteen feet generally at the right. deepest. Uh, I fish a lot of small ponds, but there was a with this this one spot where I had gone with uh, a buddy of mine. And I remember looking over at the graph, and I mean, not that I have any business looking at the graph because I barely know what I'm I'm looking at anyway. So to look at it though, but you know, I'm I'm checking it out, and I'm like, we're we're in 42 feet of water, like yeah. this is freaking insane. So yeah. we're throwing drop shots, and uh, when I drop shot, I use like what is it like sixth ounce weights, like super tiny, super light tungsten and he's throwing like three eighths drop shot weights that's what i throw yeah you need if you're fishing that deep i was like oh yeah this is taking forever for this bait yeah. to get down there and oh, yeah yeah i was like I, I couldn't believe it i was like yeah this is a whole other animal and it's the same thing same thing like a really like for crankbaits i, I pretty much throw square bills because they'll work yeah. you know in the depths that i'm fishing them but you know i've got i've got a couple of deep divers but i think my deepest goes 15 you know, yeah. I couldn't even imagine, you know, cranking. That's got to be, that's, 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 that's awesome. Oh, dude, it's fun, man. And uh, like you were so talking about the drop shots, I got like probably three or four rods set up, you know, spinning rods just so mm -hmm. drop shot and shaky heads and stuff. And all of my drop shots are nothing lighter than a quarter in yeah. those depths. I mean, like you need to get down there. You need to feel the bottom, you know, yep. like if you're not, you're, you're pissing in the wind. You're just wasting time. You oh. know? absolutely absolutely yeah. it's, it's imperative yeah. to get that bait down where it's got to go because in right. that sense of especially when you're when you're tournament fishing like you're i'm a cast counter so i like to kind of yeah. know like hey I'm, I'm dedicating x amount of casts over here i'm giving it right. a fair shake you know but if right. that bait is just taking so long to get where it, where it's going to be most effective then it uh it, it gets it gets challenging get frustrating too yeah now I I love this question. This is fantastic. Aside yeah. from actually going out and fishing or buying gear or 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 you know anything like that, how is it that fishing has made it a part of uh, made made itself a part of your everyday lifestyle? So like I'll give you an example. Right now I'm I'm planning uh, a bass fishing themed tattoo. So that's okay. not fishing related and on on a totally other like uh, what I have in my pockets right now. Black Senko, like, just <laughs> happy. you know what I mean? I've always got something in my pockets, drop shot weights, Senkos, something like that. Yeah. No Pieces hooks. of worms and stuff. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Chunks that I've bitten off to shorten a, a worm or something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So what about you? So, um, How is it, like, you're asking, like, how bass fishing, like, creeps its way into my everyday life? Yeah, like your everyday kind of life. I would say just like mentally, dude, because like like if I'm driving somewhere and you can ask my girlfriend this, but if I'm driving somewhere or we're listening to music or anything, I'm like, man, I'd like to have that. And like, you know, if I ever get a YouTube channel going, that's going to be one of my videos or yep. like, uh, like I'll be looking off somewhere like, 
you know, if it's like a big field with some trees on it or something, if we're driving somewhere, I'm like, man, that line of trees would be killer if it was like 10 under 10 foot of water. You oh, know, yeah, like absolutely. I'm just like always envisioning like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yep. what stuff would look like under like, man, you can pitch that house over there, that, that, that fence line over there type of thing. Like, oh, definitely. I think it's more of a mental thing. Like it's just always, always on my mind. It's it, it's obsessive. It's oh crazy. yeah, yeah. And I think I think anybody who has fished and and taken fishing even remotely seriously, when they get out there, I think if you're you know you could be you could be on a bus and drive by and you might go by some tiny little body of water and the first thing that th- that's in your head is like, yeah. if there's any fish in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. Like oh, I'm willing to find out. In that pond, you know, like oh there's gotta God. be some fish up in there, dude. Yeah. I have fished yeah. some of the stupidest areas, but they're worth it. There's a I have too, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking like complete trash looking areas, like tires floating and just, you know, like Megan could tell you too, like the some of the spots that me, her and our buddy Jack have fished, it's yep. like you wouldn't think. And then, you know, four or five fish later, you're like, Yeah, this spot's pretty cool, you know? Absolutely. I, I love I live for that kind of stuff. Like some of my favorite yeah. favorite spots are like the 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 pristine ponds on college campuses or there's one spot oh, yeah. near a mall where I live where there's just, it's like a puddle. It's not even a pond, but right. you know, it, I, I've, I've driven by there enough and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw a jig in there. Right, I just, right. I gotta know. Yeah. And, to. Yeah. And like, and, and sometimes it pays off other times it doesn't. But at, when I fish those spots, I have amazing conversations, you know, security yeah. guard will come by and be like, I, yep. are there actually fishing here? And no, dude, dude, I don't know. Like, yeah, uh, we're that's what I'm here to find out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's the exactly. way to do it, man. Oh, yeah. um, now this is a, is a tricky question. Now I I've thrown okay. this out here and you know, there are definitely some answers I've gotten that kind of line up together, but really, it's. A, I think this has more to do with the individual as as an angler. So uh, let's assume that that the body of water we're talking about is like a, a medium sized pond to small lake, and the only thing that you really know about it is it kind of has a little bit of everything. You know, there's some submerged timber, there's rocks, there's some lily pads, there's a little bit of grass, but it's not like packed in any one thing. So you can't plan on throwing a frog all day. Okay. Something along those lines. So, but the caveat is the challenge is that you can only bring one rod and reel combo with one spool of line. So this doesn't even have to be from your your lineup. Imagine like, you know, there's like the 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 great jigs and bigs credit card in the sky. They're like, build that, Charlie. <laughs> if you build it, you know, what would you build for that one rod so that you could th- fish all those kinds of c- scenarios? What time of year is it? Oh, good question. Really good Come question. On, man. Oh, man. What time of year? What's the weather look like? I would say, wow, you're the first person who's ever hit me with that. <laughs> Wow. So let's say this. We're going to call it partly cloudy, and we're going to say okay. that it's a post-spawn. So like post-spawn, dude. we're looking like late, late spring, not quite summer. Okay. Okay. Um, Dude, give me like a 7 or a 7.6 medium heavy, mm-hmm. like a 6.2 to 1. Give me 40-pound braid. Yep. And well, no, I can't say that. I would say just give me some, um, yeah, I'd say 40 pound braid and just give me like a pocket full of buzz baits. That's what I'm going at. Really? Oh, okay. 
Buzz baits. Oh yeah. Very nice. Oh yeah, I'm be covering water. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. But I would be going at. Huh. That's yeah. That's that's pretty badass. I Far I have cloudy post spawn. Got yeah. a little bit of everything in it. You know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because you, you got the cloud cover working for you, so the top water bite will 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 be right. more likely than not. That definitely makes sense. That's a and good if question. If you don't know anything about it, you got to cover yeah, some water. So that's exactly that's that's, that's, that's exactly what I would do. it. Either that or like a I don't know, like a square bill or something. I don't know, wake mm-hmm. bait maybe. It's post spawn after all. Yep. Something along those lines. Yeah. No, no, no. Yep. That makes sense. That's that's a that's really what good. I would do. I'm gonna have to modify that question. That is awesome and include yeah, good. those conditions. Yeah, that's good for. See, this is why you're doing <laughs> tournaments, dude. That's why. That's why you're taking this to the level that you are, man. Because you think about these things. Oh, that that is freaking bananas. So this <laughs> next question is like, this is like the 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 whole show is basically on this. There's two elements i want you to share with me i want you to tell me the story about like the the moment while you're on the water that you're most proud of could be anything it could be an experience it could be a pb it doesn't matter but whatever you're like when people are like surmise your best fishing story in one story like what is that and then on the follow-up i need you to tell me that biggest (laughs) that moment right there all right (laughs) go for it all right. Uh, probably my lately, I can't think of any other big time other than catching like my personal best or something. But I mean, that's such a short lived yeah. thing. You know, you catch your one fish and it's awesome. And then that's that's pretty much it. Um, two tournaments ago, I fished uh, Lake of the Pines for one of our BFLs. I had no knowledge of of it. I knew it was covered in stumps, super sketchy to run. It was a very small lake. Field was close to, I think, like 200 dudes, 200 boats. So it was like 400 people, really. That's crazy. Um, And I didn't really, I did my homework as best as you can. But I mean, from seven hours away, you can only, you can only look at maps for so long before you have to get over there and see what it looks like. So anyways, packed up the boat, just like all my other tournaments. I only have one day to pre-fish with the job that I was working. So I, I drove all night. Yeah, this is a typical theme of all my tournaments this past season, which is why I'm looking forward to 2021. But anyway, so I drove all night, get to Lake of the Pines, put the boat in water. I'm like super freaking tired. It's, you know, I got like a half pack of cigarettes left, dude. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I'll go out, start fishing, start fishing, start looking at stuff. Well, I wound up scraping up a limit. It was like a nine pound limit, if that. There were squeakers. I mean, I'm talking just barely 14 inches. So mm-hmm. I was like, dude. And that was fishing shallow all day for practice. And I didn't even try around deep. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm, I could probably scrape up a limit shallow for tournament day, but it probably ain't going to be the deal. This is like midsummer. This is like, I think it was in the middle of June. So uh, tournament day rolls around. I go, you know, take a nap in my truck. I did a pre-tournament meeting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I tie up that night and I'm like, man, I'm going to have to fish deep, but I don't know where to go, you know? So... I meet up with my co-angler. We get in a the boat. They get—they're literally about to call my boat number to make my run out. Yep. And uh, I'm like, dude, I—I I, I don't know where to go. I mean, I'm looking at my hummingbirds. I'm trying to find, you know, creek channels and stuff. And all of a sudden, dude, I found this one creek channel that kind of came up and kissed like a bluff wall. Like, I mean, I'm talking like directly across from where takeoff was. Oh wow. Like maybe a, a, like a mile and a half, if that. Oh. Okay. And uh, my co- my co-angler, a uh, really cool dude named Braden, he's like 19 years old. He's like, man, where are we going to go? I was like, dude, 
we're running. I could point to it. I'm like, we're running right there, and we're going to camp there all day because I got a good feeling about it. Yep. He's like, all right, dude. Let's so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. They call my boat number, and I, I get up on pad, and I shoot over there real quick. And uh, I'm still kind of questioning myself on it because I'm like, I don't know if I made the right choice or yeah. whatever, but we're going to at least try. It's yeah. a promising-looking area. Lay the boat down, put my trolling motor in the water, and as soon as I fire up my front hummingbird, I get two big balls of shad underneath my boat, and I'm sitting in like 30. I'm like, okay. Made a good good decision, yeah. Yeah. So I start throwing a crankbait, start throwing a crankbait, and I'm I'm getting it down to the bottom. I'm like, those are shells. Like, we're on a shell bottom. I'm like, this has potential. So I picked up a Texas rig, and uh, like my second cast, I caught like a two and a half pounder. And I was like, okay, there's obviously fish here. Yep. Right after that, Malco Angler catches one about the same size. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to, you know, spot lock here for a little bit. Yep. Two casts after that, I catch a six. And I'm like, nice. All right, this is cool. This is, this is working out. So I wind up catching like almost 14 pounds right there. And, uh, I, I made a lot of points and I, I came in like 30 something in that tournament. But as far as like thinking real quick and like realizing like, okay. It's summertime. Mm-hmm. I need to find, you know, a creek channel bend. I need to find a hard bottom. I need to find something that these fish are going to be pushing bait fish up on. Yep. Because the shallow bite just ain't working for, at least for me, it's yeah. not worth it. You know what I mean? So that was probably like late, as of lately, my most proudest moment, bass fishing. That's awesome. And my, uh, my wah, wah, wah moment would be, uh, probably this last tournament, dude. Cause I did. It was at Rayburn. I did a ton of freaking homework, dude. I like, because I, I was I was seventy third in points, and I was like, if I can get in the forty fifth or better, I'm going to nationals. So, dude, I freaking did my homework. Uh, I spent a ton of money on line and lures and yep. and just the, the the everything. I got a hotel, so I wouldn't have to sleep in my truck like I do every other my every other one of my tournaments. Yeah. That would have to be comfortable and, yep. you know, maybe fish better. Clear-headed, yeah. Yeah, dude, got out there, and, dude, it was like, you always hear about Rayburn, people catching their PBs. I caught a 9, I caught an 11, I caught a 10. Yep. Dude, I got out there, and it was like 13 inches, like, as far as the eye can see. Damn. And no matter where I ran, dude, it was like catching shorts, catching shorts, catching shorts. So, uh, finally, during tournament day, um, my plan was to just cover water. I'm going to just keep my foot on the trolling motor and I'm just going to cover water and I'm going to, I'm going to get five bites. Yeah. Like I was determined. So get out there. The first fish I hook is on a DT 20. First thing in the morning, fishing Creek channels and like 25 feet of water. Okay. And dude, I'm, I'm fighting this thing. I'm like, I told the co-angler, I was like, man, get the net. Dude's a nice fish. Dude, he's head shaking. He's diving deep. He comes up. It's like a seven pound hybrid striper. No. And I'm like, god no i'm like we're gonna have to move dude i don't think it's gonna happen yeah so we start moving and uh i i I caught like a two and a half kept him and uh our spot just it was a beautiful spot at standing timber hard bottom you know fresh hydrilla which in rayburn is like you know you need to find grass if you're gonna find anything i found it and caught nothing but shorts dude we just weed through 13 inches the whole day. So, or the whole time, at least in that one spot. So fire at my boat and I ran all, I mean, I ran way up Rayburn. I ran all the way back down and Rayburn is kind of like a V. Yep. So I came all the way back down, came all the way back up the other side. Cause I had some spots that 
uh, me and my girlfriend Rochelle, uh, we 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 uh, we marked from when we went fun fishing there. Oh, That's okay. Where I, I, hooked, I hooked my PB and like uh, we caught some nice fish that day. Dude, we get up there and it's nothing but like power boaters and skiers everywhere. Oh. And I was like, but me being me, dude, I'm like, all right, this is gonna work. We're yep. just gonna have to you know grind it out a little bit. Dude, couldn't even buy it. But the lake was like three feet down, and the stuff that we were fishing prior was like bushes and stuff like that. I mean, they were completely dry. So I was yeah. like, we're going to have to scratch this. So fire back up. I haul ass back down to the dam. There's like a riprap bank that's like, I don't know, man, like maybe like two miles long or something. And I'm okay. like, there's going to be some fish on a riprap bank. Definitely. I don't care what time of year it is. Yeah. So. The day prior, we were practicing. It was me and my buddy Jack and my buddy Riker. And Riker caught a four, like almost a four-pounder right there in practice. So I was like, it's obviously got potential to hold fish. Yeah. Get down there, dude. I rig up, you know, like one of my comfort baits is a wacky rig Senko with a yep. little nail weight in it. So I just start working the freaking, working rip riprap, working rip riprap, catch another two-and-a-half-pounder. I'm like, sweet. Only need three more. That's I all can we do, this. yeah. And it's like two o'clock. My checking was for like five. So I had time. Throw them in the live well, get a culling ball on them and all that stuff. And uh, I, every one of my tournaments, I always ask my co angler, you know, to just check up on the fish, you know, just see how they're doing and yep. stuff like that. That one I just caught was not looking good, dude. Oh, no. He was, I didn't hook him any kind of bad way, but yeah. I guess I don't know from fighting him or, or if he was already in bad shape or what. He was still alive, but I could tell he was. He was probably not going to make it. Yeah. So I tried reviving him, tried reviving him. Just wasn't happening. I'm like, God, I like, he's pro I'm going to release this fish and he's probably going to swim away because that's what my luck is lately. Yep. So I try to revive him, try to revive him, and it's not happening. So I was like, God. So I go to release the fish. He kind of swims away a little bit, kind of comes back up, kind of swims away, and he goes out of sight. And I'm like, you know, that fish might have lived, but if I would have brought him in, the dead fish penalty is so high that. It would have canceled out my other fish. Exactly. I, you know so I had to, you know, I just, I had to play it safe. So I just let him go, and I'm already I'm starting to spin after that because I'm like, dude, I, I did so much homework on this lake, and it's just it's not working out. And it turns out a lot of people struggled that day. I think like almost like a third of the field scratched that day. Really? And, uh, yeah. Like. A lot of people scratched. I'd say, like, wow. I think it was around 50 or 60 people scratched. I'm talking boaters scratched. Yeah. And uh, so about 15 or 20 minutes after that, I get another bite. It's a four-and-a-half-pounder. And, a half pounder. and I'm, I'm fishing my spinning my spinning rod. I mean, yeah. I got, like, 10-pound braid to an 8-pound leader, so I'm being easy with them. The fish comes up and shakes my Senko at the boat. Oh, Jesus. So I'm like, all right, I'm starting <sighs> to spin out of control now. So... Right after that happened, dude, I cranked back up. I ran all the way back up the rip wrap line. And I trolled it all the way back down again. I'm talking like 10 minutes to check in. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. I had one fish. And that one, this is, goes, I'll show you how tough the tournament was. That one fish gave me, I went from 73rd to 49th in points. With that one, one fish. fish? That's in, one wow, fish. man. Yeah. And, and. It was wow. a it was a two day tournament, so obviously I didn't make it to the second day. But before I made the second before second day rolled around, I was in 49th. and I was like so freaking close, dude. I was so close to forty fifth. But that's it. Crazy. Turns out it only it, it only took 
I think it was like eight or nine pounds to make second deck for the boater side. Yeah. So if I could have landed that four and a half, and if that two and a half didn't potentially almost die on me to the point where I had to let him go, let him yep. go, I probably would have fished to the second day. I would have cut a check and I would have made nationals. That is insane, man. That is the biggest epic. Oh my God. I can't believe I, I don't even know what to say to that dude. Exactly. I don't even know how to cut. I don't even have an answer for that. That is crazy. Those two fish. We caught shorts all day, but those two keepers, dude, they would have yeah. put me right on the edge to make second day. And uh, I think the dude who was leading the first day, he caught like a 20 pound bag. The second day, he caught two and some change. Yep. That was it. So, I mean, it, the Rayburn Damn. was fishing super stingy, dude. I mean, I ran all over that lake, dude, but I don't know. I think what I was hearing is that lake is turning into more of a spot lake to where, like, so many people, like crappie fishermen and bass fishermen, they're putting down all of these uh, uh, man-made brush piles to where it's it's almost messing with the natural ergonomics of the lake. So, like, you might find – a group of fish on one brush pile at saying 15 feet of water. And you're thinking, this is the deal. I'm about yeah. to run brush piles on secondary points and you'll go to five other ones and nothing. It's that one brush pile. Or you might find fish on one, one point or one, one Creek channel. And you're like, I'm going to run this throughout the lake, but you can't, it's only on that one Creek channel yeah. or that one point. So it's turning into it. Rayburn is turning into a spot lake. And if you could find out where those spots are, yeah, it's the deal. It's payday. But as far as running patterns, I think it's kind of turnover or what. But it's it, you to run patterns on that lake. It's not like you know Gunnersville. If you find fish on a dock or find fish punching, you could pretty much run that, and yep. you're gonna scrape up a limit. You know? Yeah. So, man, uh, that's no. crazy. It was a struggle, dude. It was it was a very very humbling moment, though, for sure. And but I, I I can't even imagine. Like I can't even imagine. I I haven't like I I've gone two and a half three weeks maybe. I have fished a lot less recently, <laughs> and we're not in a turn. We just started a tournament now uh, this month in October. Uh, okay. So all through September, it was just like struggle, 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 struggle. Nothing. I Right before, right in the middle of the month, I shaved. I had a huge beard. I shaved it all off. I was like, did I fuck something up? Did I do something? Why? Did I? Like, it was, I I, I, I nicked it the, just the wrong way, and there was no coming back from it. I figured we'd have uh, some fun, so now I'm going with the evil sheriff look. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm working with. You know, usually I, I do the same thing. I grow. I usually grow out these big mutton chops like once a year, and yep. they're like completely rad. But like once they get to the point where you can't get get them to match up, or you might nick one of them a little bit too high, that's it. You got to shave. You got to get rid. Of, yeah, it's just yeah, like you know. It's, and it's, I it's, I, it's I have no like hope. facial hair ADD anyway. Like I'm I've always got to yeah. try to change something up. You know what I mean? That's that's me too, dude. Yeah. So it's like you know it's all good. My 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 wife yeah. was not pleased. She's like, when the hell did I marry <laughs> Mario? What the hell are you doing? And I'm just like. What do you want? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is unbelievable, man. That's like I I can't I I'm st I still can't even shake that story. Like I've heard yeah. I've heard some epic fail stuff. We're like, oh, you know, we forgot the net, and you know, went to go, you know, try to yeah. you know grab the fish, and we we lost it. It was you know a, a huge northern pike or something or anything like that. That's another animal. Like like that yeah. is unbelievable. And like, holy crap, man! It's like you gotta, 
you, it's a calling at that point when you're competing. You know, it's like it's something that you know you you're dedicated to that much. Oh yeah. Where you're not something like that isn't going to make you just go like, all right, we're done. You know, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> so good for you, man, for 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 bouncing Thank back. You. That's crazy. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow! And it is. It's and it's it, it's a weird thing, but I'm almost glad that it happened just to experience yeah. something as like diminishing as that. You yep. know. I know it could always be worse. You know, I could have equipment failures. I could have, you know, God forbid I hit something while I'm running or something like that. It could always be worse. Definitely. As far as just a fishing aspect and a competition aspect. That was man, that was tough, dude. I, I mean, and, but, but it does definitely say something. I, I know, like uh, one, our, our show, Sean the Fisherman. He 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 is uh, he does all kinds of kayak uh, tournaments. He's in multiple ones all the cool. time, and yeah. he he'll, he'll you know he'll he'll be leaving on on Saturday at one of the one of the lakes, and he'll call me up and say, "So you want the report? This is how I did." And you know, it, it's the same kind of thing. It's like it was a tough day fishing, and then you look back and you look at how everyone else did, and it really does put it in. To perspective i mean to, to be 49th that's 49th with that one fish that's that's crazy yeah when, when a third scratch you're like i mean <laughs> yeah like i didn't do that bad yeah you know? it's like it kind of makes you feel kind of good about it definitely you know? definitely yeah so because so. that's the thing it's like you, you you all you can do is just do the best you can and like you know and and hope yeah. that 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 your best is 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 a, is somewhat a little, you know a, a little bit better than you know the majority right. of the other people that's exactly, exactly. it yeah we gotta do Damn, the best dude. you can with what you got dude that's it oh charlie do me a favor this is your opportunity yes, go ahead and let people know where they can find out more about you um your social media any kind of and anything you want to promote website any of that stuff this is your yeah. moment let people know where they can follow up with you Absolutely, man. Uh, Soche Fishing is my Instagram tag. It's all one word. Uh, look it up. That's S-A-U-C-I-E-R Fishing. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. Just type in my name. I'm sure I'll pop up. Uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, if you guys, any any of y'all want to come battle some tuna, some swordfish, yeah. uh, hit up Tails Up Charters, man. Me and my buddy Donnie will take y'all out, dude. Louisiana. It's- is on the uh, the docket for places my wife and I have to travel to. So we'll, oh, that'll man, be happening. Oh man, that's great, dude. And yeah, hey, I'm talking. We'll go. Yeah. We'll, we'll charter with you guys. I told I told Megan I'd go pond hopping with her for sure. Definitely, I, man. Something tells me she wants to bring me where there's a lot of gators, and I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> it won't mess with you, dude. I'm a pretty if good meal do, for a gator, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm if like a do, five you know- piece and a biscuit from Popeyes. That's what I'm like for a gator. <laughs> You know what else they love though is uh, those little those little powdered donuts. They love those things. So oh really? If you ever if you have one bothering you, just like toss a couple of them at them and like Keep step them out away because like yeah, really? They, they, oh, I don't know why, but they love them. Those are marshmallows. Huh? That's interesting. I don't know. Bunch of diabetic alligators. I love it. <laughs> Exactly. Unbelievable. Charlie, this was really, really great. I'm glad I'm glad we made this happen. We should definitely do a uh, a round table and, and I would love it. Good luck with all your upcoming stuff, man. Um Thank you. you know, keep me in the loop too. I, I I'd be glad to go, you know, when you have stuff coming yeah. out and it you know that I I'd be glad to, you know, let people know and, and, and throw a mention out on the show. You're uh you're you're the 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 well, I I mean, yeah, I think you're the only FLW competing uh, tournament angler we've had on this show so far. So that's that's pretty awesome, man. 
you need to change that. Yeah. You need to find some more guys. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but like I said, I'm a, I'm a unique guy. I kind of like I like it when the dots kind of like align with the guests. So if, if you've got anybody yeah. that you recommend I should talk to, I'm all about it. You know, so I go a ahead. Couple. I'll shoot them yeah. away. Shoot me a message. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to do it, man. This was really, yeah. really great, though. This is a great conversation, man. Killer stories. Like, great talking cool. with you, Charlie. This is really great. Thanks, man. Awesome, dude. Love to do it again sometime. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I've got some uh, some special event stuff coming up too, where we're doing uh, over this winter. We're going to be doing a little uh, game show with this this company that uh, uh, we 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 just kind of like we're just homies, really. <laughs> They're uh, they do apparel okay. and, and baits. They're called Hookset Hoodlums. They have a pro staff all over the country, and we're going to make their pro staff compete on a little game show and run that. Cool. As a, and I, I would love to do the same thing with some other tournament anglers and go and quiz them based on some of these questions. I think that'd be awesome, man. I'm game, dude. Just let me know. Fun stuff. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, hey, you but, take care. Good luck with everything. Go out there and see? catch them. Yeah. Go uh, go catch them. Uh, yeah, dude. Go, give, go get them, dude. And if you ever come down here, man, hit me up. We'll definitely hook up. It'll yeah. Fun. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to make that happen, man. Definitely. I love it. Sounds good. Charlie, take care. We will see you. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right? Yeah, dude. Definitely. Have a great one. All right. Bye-bye. Later, man. Bye. I told you guys we had a good show lined up for you, and I feel like uh, we did okay delivering just that. Great interview with Charlie. Uh, hoping uh, for some really, really big stuff from him. And uh, we're going to touch base with him as we go a little bit further down the road and get uh, get get some more input about about what things are like, you know, competing at that level and, and kind of putting everything uh, out out on the line and. Uh, it, it it's I, I'm expecting big stuff. That that that's what I'm expecting. No no pressure, Charlie. <laughs> no no pressure at all. <laughs> Sean, you have a couple of things you wanted to mention. Uh, some some notes that uh, that we should definitely uh, take take note of uh, going into uh, the, the 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 rest of fall here. What what do you have for us? All right, I got three things. Number one, I'm going to hammer this one home again. I know I spoke about it earlier. T-shirt sizes for all the people in. I don't care if you turn in one fish or no fish. Or five million fish, <clears throat> Nelson. Um, T-shirt sizes on your fish donkey profile. Please update them. I'll say it again. Update your fish donkey T-shirt sizes on the profile. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to have to start emailing people, but I will. There will be caps and there will be no punctuation. Next up, um, you and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, and we've, we've spoken about it. So we're, I'm kind of waiting to see where the ceiling is this year because – Again, the circumstances have changed. 2020 was a weird year for me. It's a weird year for everybody. But I, I was able to get out and fish more than I ever have as an adult. And, and this, as of this weekend, and um, hopefully, well, as of today, somehow I am sitting at 550 Massachusetts largemouth, which is just cool. Oh, I get applause. All right. That's impressive. That's very right, well, impressive. I got, I've said it before on the show. I don't know. What's good? I mean, there might be other guys that are out there catching 600. I don't know. If anybody's out there documenting this stuff, let me know. I want to compare notes, see where we're at. You know, just not a contest thing. I just don't have a base. I'm my own baseline. I have no idea what everyone else does with, with you know, fishing numbers or anything like that. So if you're keeping a log and, and keeping it really, really tight, let me know. And then the last thing. While we were on a Cape Cod, I, I totally forgot to mention this. You know, you and I like to – give restaurants that treat us well a, pro, a little little bit of a pat on the back. Well, oh, absolutely. Uh, when I go out to Cape Cod, um, obviously most restaurants I can't eat at, we've, we've kind of very touched on that or barely touched on that where I got some 
dietary things I got to worry about. But um, one of the places that takes care of me uh, dietary wise is Max Seafood in Chatham. It's actually half a market, half a seafood market and half a restaurant. So the food is incredibly fresh. Yep. And uh, they take care of me, man. So that was the third time I've eaten at Max this summer once I learned about them. And my God, the, what, a, what a phenomenal restaurant. And they are the best as far as uh, fried, seafood, fried seafood, in my opinion. Yep. Um, Very nice. I don't have a lot of options, so it's not like, you know, I can make the judgment. But my God, thank you, Max. You, 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 you absolutely killed it with the clams, the fried clams I had this weekend. It was awesome. That very nice, very nice. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. That's a good review. That, that that's a good review because you know, I mean, when you when you go to a place and like you said, you're limited where you can go anyway. That's a, yep. a you know that 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 says a lot. So very good stuff. I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to some really good stuff. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, we did have somebody hack the podcast. Oh, who besides me? Yeah, yeah. Besides oh, you, okay. Uh, Delirious. Delirious Angler hacked the podcast, and uh, the guest he had on was me. And uh, I'm just going to say this, that there were some cocktails uh, consumed prior. <laughs> and I'm going to put this out on the Patreon uh, this week so that it can be out there and you guys can check it out. But I will take a nugget or two and combine it, and uh, there will be a little bit of a teaser put in next week's podcast. So make sure to check that out. That's going to be good. So that that will be there for Delirious. I've got uh, some stuff working for future episodes. One thing I do want to mention, folks, is that I, I, I said this early on in the intro. We've been hitting some really amazing marks. And this I put this intentionally at the end because think of this, folks, as the this is for that listener that that that's that's listening all the way to the end of the show. We're doing a contest. We're doing a contest uh, at the end of this month. It's going to be a week-long giveaway contest on our Instagram page. So it, what you definitely need to be doing right now is go and f if you're listening to this, go follow Jigs and Bigs on Instagram. Check out that page. Follow it. And you're going to want to pay attention. What we're starting out here in partnership with Old Glory Outdoors USA and many other uh, friends and companies that have, have worked with us in the past, we're putting together these monthly bundles and we're going to organize these things. But there's something really amazing happening with that as well. Uh, so let me get right to this first one in October. We're giving away a Shimano Corrado K, uh, courtesy of our of Joe over at Old Glory Outdoors. Uh, we've got that reel up for grabs. We're also including with it a extremely limited edition jig pack from yours truly, Jigs and Bigs. We've got a uh, a set of four jigs that have been uh, custom color matched for usage uh, pretty much everywhere and uh, our goal is we want you guys to build that confidence throwing a jig you know learn how to how to utilize it and what we will be including in there is is tips on where to fish each color you know the type of applications but we've taken our time choosing a jig head style that we both agree is super versatile and works very, very well with us. And then we've custom uh, picked these colors to do very specific presentations with. And I think you're going to love it. So that will be included. We've got other friends of the show that we're working out what's going to be included in this bundle. And uh, you got to be following Jigs and Bigs on Instagram. And we'll make a post the beginning of that week, the, the, the Monday of that week, uh, of, of what you 
you need to do in order to enter. And it's basically just following these accounts. Go ahead and we'll, we'll use a, uh, a, a giveaway uh, app to select the uh, individual uh, comment to uh, to go ahead and uh, and get out there and. You know, we're also going to add that our Patreon uh, subscribers will get a 10 times multiplier uh, in the giveaway. So we're going to be factoring those in for those users as well. Folks, uh, appreciate everything. I think Sean has one more thing he wants to jump in there with. What do you got for us, Sean? Yeah, I never like interrupting you when you're on a, oh, no you're on a good roll. But yeah, I just wanted to add about those jigs because um, <clears throat> when I reached out to the manufacturer, He's a local guy in Massachusetts. Yep. They're lead they're lead they're free. They're lead free. Yes, they are yep. lead free jigs. And um when I reached out to him, I asked specifically, I said, we're putting this little tackle kit together. It's gonna have a little tiny tackle box for you, just for you know, you want to use it and throw it in your tackle box, great. You wanna give it to your wife or your you know, kids for arts and crafts projects. I don't care. Whatever you want to do with this tackle box. But I asked him specifically if he had a sticker, like we have our little jigs and bigs pogs yeah. that will be used on these these packages. Um he said, no, he didn't have a sticker. So I just, I said, well, we'll take care of you on the podcast. I want to make mention of who it is and what For he sure. does. Yep. It's uh, Ken McKee out on the, the um, Eastern side of the state. He owns lead free bass jigs, one giant big word.com. Check out their products. I've been using them for a few years. Um, I use their pro rocker jig head for almost all of my bass jig applications. Yeah. That's what we're using for these, or for these kits. And, um, when you and I talked about setting this whole thing up, we did not want to put out or we didn't want to put together jigs of maybe a head or a style that we have not had success with. Exactly. Or we didn't feel confidence with, or I, I didn't feel confident telling any fisherman out there, this is where you should start. And honestly, I feel so confident with these things. I was not kidding last podcast when I said I have bounced these things off trees. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, bridges, rocks, these things take a, an absolute beating and um Absolutely. honestly honestly the only time and, and ken ken's gonna you know probably wince when he hears this but the only time i've ever had a problem with one of these jigs yep i i caught so many fish on one of these jigs that i kept having to straighten the hook back out and they were big and it was particular um for whatever reason pick big pickerel were grabbing them uh, at this one body of water I was uh i was fishing and they actually bent the hook out and i kept bending the hook back and eventually i snapped the hook because no you, hook is immortal. You just you bend a hook many, enough, it's gonna it's gonna break. That says something so, though. That's a good problem to have when you're catching too many big fish. Yes. Think yeah. About and that. so that's yeah. that's been about I think five years of using or four or five years. Yeah. Whenever the mass lead law went into effect is when I started looking for this alternative and found it. And out of all that time, I've never had a brush guard break. I've never had like a jig. Uh, you know, I, I can think of one particular model jig that was lead free that I bought where the brush guards would actually fall out after use. Yeah, I've had that it happen on a, on a number of jigs. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I have, you know, and that's never been the case with one of these. I think we should do a little breakdown. Once we have the kits in hand, I would yep. love to do a live like walkthrough about what they are. And the only way you're really, really going to be able to get these for at least a little while, we're, we're making them in very limited edition. Uh, the only way that you'll be able to get them really is by winning them. Or if you're lucky enough, because we'll put some of them up for sale uh, and it's going to be when they're gone, they're gone. You know, I mean, and it's going to be. It's going to be very few that are up for sale because we talked about what we're going to be setting aside for giveaways. And yep. then, yeah, it's it's not it's not a high number, folks. I mean, 
if you want these things, you, you got to pay attention. You got to got to got to <laughs> enter the contest. Basically, just be following every single month for that that contest, and we're going to try to run it the very last week of every single month, so that way we'll have an ongoing thing. And I mean, this we're starting out strong, like the Corrado uh, the Corrado uh, K is not a uh, a reel you could sniff at it's a it's a it's a high quality reel something that a lot of folks really really love so if you want to uh you know get into it for that but our goal is to have bundles of stuff so that way you're you're getting not just one individual high ticket item but you're getting a variety of different things to kind of try and kind of add to uh your arsenal and have some fun with so it'll be it'll be uh, pretty interesting i'm actually supposed to be picking up the reel uh this week so we'll we'll have it in person and uh you know, check it out. I, I might even, I might even spool it. I, nah, I'm probably not going to spool it up for him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm no, not. Because you never know. You somebody, never know what somebody's going to want it for. Exactly. That's and you, exactly. You might, it. you might spool it up with one type of line or yep. a different thing, and they say, "No, nah, that's not what I want it yeah, for." Yeah, because I'm going to put four pound mono. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Ice line. <laughs> yeah. There you um, go. And I, I, on, on my side of things, um, you know, I put in the order for all the the jig components last week. Uh, they are all supposed to be here this week, and then. Um, you know, I'll, I'll even I'll even air some of our dirty laundry on this whole project. Oh, I found that perfect tackle box that I thought was going to be yes. great and everyone would love, and then the the retailer that sold that tackle box discontinued carrying. Yeah, they discontinued, and it would be me running all over New England looking for these stupid boxes, and I do not want to do that. So I went through another retailer <clears throat> to find these boxes, and um, I kind of looked at it and I looked at the dimensions. And they're a different box, and I have a box of these boxes now sitting on my table that I have to return because the jigs will not small. actually fit in them. Yeah, so I'm uh, honestly, the jigs will all be ready, and we're just waiting on a container. I don't want to stick them in plastic bags. That looks kind of cheap. We yeah. want the we I'll, want the presentation, man. We want that's exactly it. We this want is the jigs deliver. and bigs production. Yeah, it's true. So, it's true. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually think at this point putting more effort in <laughs> into the tackle boxes. The jigs were easy, you know. We like, oh, we want this, that, this, that. And I think we had one phone call that went 20 minutes based on the last color we were trying to pick. Oh yeah, and it was smooth. And now it's stupid tackle boxes. <laughs> That's it, it's unbelievable. So yeah, we're going to be assembling jigs and putting them together, packaging them, doing all that stuff, getting them ready for you. And the giveaway is going to be absolutely fantastic. So and I'm not done with the October stuff either. I've got a few uh, messages to send and. Phone Phone calls to make to line some things up. We're gonna have a great, great bundle for you. But that all happens. Uh, I guess. Well, that starts. I guess it would be next Monday. Whenever, whenever we can get the boxes together. So if it's next yeah. Monday, oh, you're talking for the Shimano or for the jigs? For the Shimano. Now, I, I do want to add this. I'm, we're doing the contest. We'll, we'll be starting next Monday, the 26th, no matter what. Um, the reason why I'm throwing that out there is that we're going to start that that Monday, throw it out there, and worst case scenario, if we have to catch up with the winner and then ship those jigs out when they're when they're done, so be it. So we'll know yep. who the winner is. You're definitely this month. They're definitely going to be included, but you know, it, it's a matter of will everything be together. I mean, if we have to send them in a different package, we'll do it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll make it work. It'll be fine. Yep, and, and just so you know, one more more little dirty laundry behind the scenes stuff. I'm actually, I'm actually excited to tell people that when we put this jig kit together, it wasn't Sean the Fisherman's jig kit, it wasn't Bobby Rose Beef's jig kit. What we did was we had four jigs, and we said we're going to take two staples that everyone should always have. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a big surprise. You should always have a jig in black and blue. We feel, yep. and you should always have a jig in some some sort of brown, like a green pumpkin. So we went for those two. So that left us two slots open, and then. I picked one 
kind of a specialty jig and then you picked one that was kind of a specialty jig yep. because you wanted to you wanted to add some play with the green pumpkin one and we had a lot of fun putting this together folks and i think like i said uh, you know each jig is going to have its own specialty but if you have this jig kit it's going to cover pretty much i'm not going to say every water condition but man Most. it's going to cover a lot it's going to yeah. cover a lot yeah so it will get out there try throwing jigs um i'm going to put recommendations on there for you know line trailers you're set up for throwing this stuff I'll, yeah. i'm basically going to tell you what i use and, yeah. and go from there it's always what works for you if, if i'm to say in a certain rod or a certain line and that's not working for you try something else yeah but make an adjustment I'll, we're gonna we're gonna put the outlines there and you guys run with it um but yeah well I, I, this was an absolute blast of a project that i had doing with you bobby this was fun yeah this was this oh. was a lot of fun it's it, it, it's very cool to kind of like take it to that next level so yeah. You know, who knows what this is going to mean? I even mentioned to Delirious, I said, you know, if this is a limited run. We might be changing things up as we go a little bit further in the future. What was nice is that for this head style, I was able to say, you know, I, I told Delirious, I said, when we fished that time uh, in Central Bass together and I got on like some significant fish, like it was this jig head. It was that style. And I was like, they were just crushing it. He's like, I got to try these. So, you know, yep. we may. And you. What's you it? had a lot of success swimming that thing too. So even though these yeah. are, you know, ca- you know, casting so to speak jigs, yep. Um, y- you can swim them too. I mean, everybody knows that. You know, yeah. swim jigs are just a, a step up from a casting jig that somebody threw out and a fish followed it. You can do the same thing; it's just reeling it in. And this so this I, specific head style lends itself well to be able to use like a paddle tail trailer and swim it. You know, and and also work the bottom. I've I've had some some amazing success using that. Yep, versatility, and I throw, I fire yeah. these things in a timber or, or big, you know, heavy structure. Like I said, rock yeah. piles. I th- I do all sorts of stuff with these things. So, yeah. this is a jig I trust. Uh, thank you, Ken, for making them. Thank you for jumping on board with this. Uh, everyone, check out lead-free bass jigs if you can. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there, especially everyone who's look, you know, in a state where you need to. You know, you need to adhere to lead laws. Yeah. Well, Ken will take care of you, and his products are absolute quality, so check them out. Yeah, they're fantastic. Sounds good, man. I think this is a pretty damn good show. Me too. They're yeah. all good. I'd say I'd say this is this is pretty damn good. All right. I, I like the I like the change of gears where we didn't have to go into psychotherapy this week. This is no, just talking was, about fishing. That was nice. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I still haven't put the Fish Donkey app on, and I'm I'm considering oh, adding it uh, just to kind of like stay up to date with standings and all that stuff. Because I do when we go and do the review, I like to go through as you're reading these things and check out pictures and stuff. But you yeah. can turn the donkey off too. There's, yeah, there's oh yeah. A, it's yeah, it, the, the donkey is the least of my worries. It's that uh, it, this is more of a this issue with uh, monthly competition has far more to do with me than the app yep, itself. Yep. In fact, I I did so I don't know if you caught this, but when I posted last week's episode, Fish Donkey commented in the post, and they were just like, "Yes." And but then I I explained. I was like, "Listen to the show, and you'll understand." And we give you guys huge praise in what you do and your product yeah. and how you back it up. And so there was a good little back and forth with Fish Donkey as well. So um, and I threw I threw some comments on there, you know, because I think it was Bonnie that commented. And yeah, we, oh yeah, I said, Bonnie, don't worry about it. If you listen to the show, he's just done with competitive fishing, not with the app. Yeah, exactly. On my part, on my part, all I can say is I got a fever, and the only prescription. There's more fish donkey. <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> nice. Let's close on that note. <laughs> I love that. All righty, guys. We'll see you in a week. Uh, have yourself a good one out there. Bundle up. It's starting to get a little bit chilly. Watch those water temps. And uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Be safe. And tight lines. Tight lines.